Welcome to the Bear Hug Club, a pro wrestling podcast of positivity. Everybody, it's Wednesday. It's six thirty PM GMT, which means it's time for Wednesday night. Paul, Greg here once again. This time joined by Scott. The moment. Hello, Scott. Hey, it's me. How's, how's it going, my friend? Oh, uh, you know, it's going. Uh... <laughs> we both had a bit of a chat about our coffee-riddled bodies because we're both feeling a bit tired today. But I'm feeling a bit more revved up now that we're yeah. live. Um, so. Um, Jace should be joining us. We're just not sure when he's going to be popping in. Whatever. Typical um, champion behavior. Such absolute so... prima donna. I've been saying <laughs> this for a while now. It's getting to his head to see. One of us needs to take it from him. Um, Absolutely. If there, was a, if there was some kind of D&D quiz, I've got him. In, I've got it in the bag. Easy. <laughs> um, Garrett isn't joining us. Unfortunately, he is busy tonight, so it's just going to be the three of us once Jace eventually gets here. Uh, we, As we announced the other day, we're, today we're going to be talking about our top five favourite women's matches in wrestling. Um, really looking forward to this one. Um, I don't think we've done a top five since before Mania, so it's good to be back doing this one. But until we Jace gets here, well, we've got some breaking news, kind of. So literally, what, like maybe an hour hour or so before we went live yeah uh, like um i think that some of the tweets are coming uh, are as far back as like tommy n's tweet spoilers is was 59 minutes ago as of this moment yeah exactly so yeah as, as scott alluded there WWE's released more talent so this comes off the back of the already did a string of talent releases which we did an in-depth episode on what was that about a month ago now yeah it's, yeah it's been an ongoing process and then since then they've been doing the usual release of backstage figures uh so we've been trying ones like some announcers, a lot of on-screen talent other than wrestlers as well. 30, um, 35 people in the graphics team or something like that. That's just 35 people just without a job, click of the finger kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like WWE has just been going ballistic this year. I mean, last year we thought it was bad. It seems like this year it's it's already like feeling a lot worse. But yeah, more talent was released. Uh, and it's some very surprising names. Like the I think that first list there was one or two, but like a lot of them you could kind of understand why. This one in particular, though, is very shocking. So the biggest one there is probably Braun Strowman. Um, I've got a little bit of a recent update to go on him in a minute. Uh, Alistair Black, Lana, Murphy, Ruby Riot, and Santana Garrett. Um, thoughts when you first saw the name, Scott? Like, what, what, what immediately came to mind? Now, uh, a lot of people are surprised by Alistair Black, and I'm really not. No, um, like, not. like, a lot of people are like, oh, no, but he's getting repackaged. I was like, yeah, but how long was that going to last? Alistair Black has genuinely been repackaged three times. Uh, they never last. They never last longer than maybe a match or two. And then he disappears for a little while longer. Then we keep, then the recurring questions come back. Where is Alistair Black? Why isn't he wrestling so-and-so or so-and-so? Why have they got nothing nothing planned for this amazing kicky bloke covered in tattoos <laughs> uh it's 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 stupid to me that wwe had tommy end and tommy fucking end yeah tommy fucking end they, 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 the the guy 
I know I know WWE has is very much a look company. You got to have the look. We've always known that. We've, we've it's always like something we come to expect in that company. How do you not get more unique a look than Tommy fucking end? Like come on. I I guess the whole Selena Vega thing doesn't help either. Yeah. I mean, you've got to wonder how much that did impact it. But I agree. Like, I mean, NXT knew what they had with Tommy fucking end. Like, he was basically the, one of their biggest stars for the main point. And again, everyone with those eyes from what he did in that company thought, ah, oh, he'll go at the main roster. He should do well. And at first, he was fairly featured prominently. I mean, it was a bit weird because it was him and Ricochet in a tag team for a bit. And then, mm. yeah, it just slowly fizzled out. And then he was just off TV forever. They finally started teasing him back. I think a lot of people were shocked because he did have that big return and it looked like he was going to feud with Big E. And it looks like finally they're going to be doing something with this guy because he's skilled in the ring. He knows how to do a good promo and he, he clearly was getting really invested in this dark father character. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, nope, you're gone. But it, it still doesn't shock me. I think because he wasn't on TV for so long, pardon me. Yeah. Wondered, it, did he, would he have wanted to leave? Because he is a very passionate wrestler. Um. I just kind of think maybe it was a mutual thing, but then looking at his Twitter, even he looked like he was blindsided by this release. Yeah, it, yeah. He, even he said he it was caught him left field uh, to quote, which is you know like so dumb. It's so, something about like, um, I mean, what a way to find out like just suddenly straight away. You you hear rumors that it must be so scary working as like WWE talent and being like. Oh my god! There's rumors that there's going to be releases. I've not been on TV a lot recently. I hope it's not me. Let alone someone who has been on TV being like, "Okay, it shouldn't be me. I should be good." This is why the main name on this list that shocks me and get is guaranteed to shock you too is mm. Braun, because the it man does. had the man had a world title match at the latest pay per view. It everyone was expecting it to kind of be a little bit bad, and it wasn't. And yeah. see what the same the same with Braun Strowman at WrestleMania. Everyone was kind of expecting his cage match because of the build with Shane McMahon to be bad, but it genuinely I loved the match. Yeah, I kind of did. I did. Like I did. And, and like the, he he sh, the, he should have been nowhere near. I think I think I did a, a little bit. I I looked into it a little bit and found out that he'd recently signed like a multi-year contract, well, yeah. a mill a year. I've um I've got an article up about that. So yeah, I did the same thing when I was waiting. Um, apparently, like uh, the, the the reports in people aren't surprised. Bronze like oh, because it seems a lot of this is obviously cost cutting measures on WWE's behalf. And yeah, apparently, what happened was back in 2019, he signed a monster deal, and it went very down to the wire. And you're right, he signed a multi year deal that was worth about a million dollars a year, and that is an incredible deal even now mm. to get in WWE. So it's clear that. Back then, they must have thought he was worthy of that, and then now they're just cost-cutting down. Um, in regards to it, a lot of the rumors seem to be speculating that WWE is gearing up to sell the company. Yeah, and I'm calling it now. It's going to be Disney. I'm yeah, so you it. think you think this could be it? This could be them just cashing out and giving it to someone like Disney or... Netflix. I don't. I don't fucking know. Genuinely, somehow that's the lesser of the two evils that I have in my head because it's either that and like you know they give it to a company. Let's say for instance it is Disney. Mm. Um, 
they will they will take it, drive it into a sort of Marvel esque sort of direction. Get a, get like a new writing team. It might be the kick in the ass that WWE might need because they are stale. Uh, yes. However, it- the, the the second thing, sorry, uh, is that they are just trying to protect their shares and are trying to drive up their shares. Yeah. Which is- I- also very possible i mean i mean when, when you look back at last year they made these big releases and and in many respects that contributed to them having one of the most financially successful years last year because they had that and obviously they had the the billion dollar deal with peacock um like i'm with you like it could like at the moment it seems like most people are thinking they are looking to sell up which would be quite shocking but then i can also see that maybe that this is just more of their way of trying to make sure they have another success successfully financial year and maybe they've got some other deal in the pipeline we don't know about because mm. i mean these deals take a while to set up it's not something do. that's just done overnight like usually it's months worth of preparation and negotiation i mean because the thing is like i when the peacock deal happened a lot of people were thinking they're going to try that same kind of deal in other countries, because we obviously still get the network as is, but that doesn't mean they could easily maybe, I don't know, sell off to BT Sport and they could have their own streaming thing, whatever, you know, things like that. So maybe something else like that's coming along. But I mean, imagine a world if Disney Plus owned the WWE Network it, I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't it, need another subscription because I already got no, a subscription. That'd be great. Already but. covered. I, 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 all I'm saying is that the best thing that could come out of this thing that's happened today the firings that have come before is that they disney will redo the rock and roller coaster so it'll be wwe themed and you know what <laughs> i'm kind of fine with that <laughs> I, oh but oh they've just got rid of brawn that's like the stroman express oh right there yeah Fucking well, maybe with that sweet, sweet Mickey Mouse money, they can hire him back. Oh, yeah. I mean, the House of Mouse could just basically be like, we're going to buy up all the wrestling. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 someone on our Instagram mentioned this, and they said they wouldn't like a big corporation like Disney to have it. And I can understand people who aren't a fan of these corporations buying up everything. But generally, Disney's got a good track record because they kind of, in some regards, they do strip things back a little bit to keep that family vibe but WWE's always kind of that level and i think when they do buy up stuff they at least try and keep it as its own thing it's like when you see a marvel film you don't see the disney castle logo it's marvel studios you know what yeah. i mean yeah they keep things as their own brand so i think if they because i mean they already own stuff like espn so they've got sports networks under the already under mm. the banner i feel like they would let wwe keep going and it, it's a weird thing so i mean if they did sell off I, i'd have to wonder if vince is still going to try and stay within the company because this is the thing people don't realize like he's got board of directors and stuff like that but from what i read over the years he's smart and how he's done that so even though you've got these people with percentage ownership it's very small and he still has the majority which mm. is why he has still so much power so i don't know if you try and broker a deal around that it's i think no matter who will end up with wwe that what they're what they're doing now with all these releases is just gaining leverage over their value. So at some point, Vince is going to go, "Ah, oh, look at this very profitable con- uh, company with a loyal audience." And God, you got to be loyal if you if you're still watching Raw at this point. So like, yeah, no, he's like, here's a here's a company with a loyal audience, and it makes money and it gets viewers. 
Um, here it is. It's for sale. Oh, but by the way, uh, I'm on. I, I've, I've, I have like, I still got to keep my creative control because you know I'm a McMahon. So like, um, I, I, I that's exactly how it's gonna go. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm kind of thinking back to the releases. Then, um, yeah. I feel like maybe this is something we could re- like, like we did with the last lot. We could do maybe an episode next week discussing them, uh, like a bit like we did last time. I've got a feeling there's going to be more to come, though. I feel like this is just again another tip of the iceberg. I feel like more is going to be coming off, maybe as we're recording, maybe in the next day or so. Do you feel like this is this is it, or do you think there's going to be more coming? There's going to be more. Uh, I think. I think that like the fact that they've not even stepped to NXT UK yet. I think if I'm to be any member of that roster, even fucking after seeing Braun Strowman released, I'm even concerned for fucking Walter. Like, like I, 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 even the champs should be looking over their shoulder at names like these and be like, oh fuck, like. Yeah. Yeah, they've even, yeah. they've already showed they're not scared of tearing apart Imperium by already getting rid of a- Alexander Wolf. Like, yeah, you know that's that's the champion's stable. So like that that <laughs> would have been that would have been like firing Bobby Fish out of when um, Undisputed Era still had like some of the belts. So uh, 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 yeah, I think I think they'll go for NXT UK next. Uh, and but there still will be some names from the main roster. Um, I. Yeah, uh, some names I definitely don't want to see fired, but people like Lana Murphy and Ruby uh, Murphy, Ruby Wright, and Santana Garrett, who we haven't mentioned expressly quite yet. Mm-hmm. I I can picture literally all of them succeeding elsewhere, possibly apart from Braun Strowman, <laughs> weirdly <laughs> enough, because he did slag off the Indies quite a bit recently, mm. so he's he's got a bit of a. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. He was uh, a loyal WWE boy to a fault. It's like Seth Rollins. Like, if he ever got released, he said a lot of bad things about a lot of other companies. So it'd be interesting where he would have ended up. But he, I doubt he would get cut. I think he's no. pretty safe. But yeah, I, honestly, all these names, even if Strowman could make some peace with people, they're they're all like it's horrible. They've lost the jobs. But like we said, if the last crop. I could easily see all these people thriving in another co- company or just back on the indies once they're ready to roll properly again. I yeah. mean, places like AEW New Japan would snap up names like Alistair Black and Murphy and Ruby Riot within a heartbeat. So I, I think we'll, we'll definitely see them oh, like once those 90-day compete clauses are out of the way, we'll see them pop up elsewhere. It's just uh, it's just very shocking inside at the moment that this has like, had to happen to them, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, uh, it it means at least two of the people on on this list can now be or, or have the opportunity to work with their significant others, which is cool. Because I was I was worried about like, you know, uh, like what what working the divide would be like. One person working, like I guess I guess Adam Cole and Britt Baker make it work kind of well. Uh, yeah. Mainly because Adam Cole's already friends with all of the elite guys, anyways. Um, so that that kind of works kind of well, but it, it, that won't be, there, there isn't a guaranteed hundred percent success rate because everyone's working in different circles and at different paces. What what would the like dinner time talk be like? Like whilst they sat around having their toad in the hole, like. <laughs> I went to the writers' room today, and they told me I could start a new character where I'm, uh, I don't know, a butcher or something. It's like, oh, cool, cool, yeah, yeah. I had a, I had my script ripped up three times. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 
it would be it would be nice seeing them uh were like go back go back and have more time with their significant others now that are not in the in the WWE grind. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I mean I guess more on more on it as it comes out over the next day or so. I, like I said, I, I agree with you. I think I, I'm surprised when there's the releases it wasn't NXT UK names because there was rumors that that was going to be the next place to get the chop. And honestly, like even though they've got some tremendous talent in there, it feels like none of them would be safe. Like I agree with you. Like even like Eat Walter could easily be gone. Um, it's 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 going to be hard. It's hard to say what the hell is going to happen, but hey, we'll see what goes on. Um, well, moving on, obviously we'll get to our main topic soon, but we'll kind of stall a little bit longer while we wait for Jace. Uh, I suppose something else we could talk about, Double or Nothing was this past weekend. Did you manage to catch any of it, Scott? I sadly haven't. I've been like, I've been, uh, I don't mind too much about spoilers. I've had a lot of it spoiled for me already because uh, I was trying to avoid it. Then a friend of mine messaged me literally all of the results and their reactions. So I was like, it's fine. I know now. Uh, but I haven't seen any of the matches. I've been told the triple threat is amazing. Um, I uh, so you just just hit me with hit me with some big spots. Uh, all I know is the results, uh, and I'll be like, ooh, ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if if you're if you're fine with me running through the card, we can do a quick run through if that's absolutely. All right with you. I don't want to spoil you, it. I'll give you a blind uh, react. How's that? Yes. Um, <laughs> so I will. I will basically say overall, this was a fantastic show. Now, I think a lot of it could be the fact that they had full capacity crowd. And I, I wrote on the website at the time when I was doing a random thoughts thing that like maybe we had gotten a bit used to it, but my God, once it's back, you will realize how much you have missed a live crowd. Oh, is he? Is he? Hey! Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, hey! <laughs> there he is. There he is. Hey, buddy, how's it going? <laughs> ah, not bad. How are you guys? Not yeah, bad. Very not well. Bad. Very well. Oh, bad. Well, we've just been talking about the breaking news of the releases, so uh, we might as well oh, yeah. jump out of that second. What's just quickly, Wes? We've already kind of talked about it a lot, mate. What is your kind of quick thoughts on all that? Some of them I can understand. Some of them I'm just like, why? <laughs> like Braun Strowman. Yeah. Why? <laughs> 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 why well, well that's what we're saying there he had a million dollar deal with them so a lot of people are saying that's probably why because it's it seems like they are trying to save money every corner but it's still a bit shocking like he was one of the main places like we said main evented backlash for the title just recently but apparently that's just not enough to save him and he like they've got rid of braun Strowman, who's on a million dollar deal fair enough but then they're going to refill their roster with Eva Marie. Yeah. It's... Oh, 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 yeah. I did not think of that. I did not think <laughs> of that. Oh, oh I had a genuine reaction to that as a human being. I felt, I felt like some kind of sensation go up from the pit of my stomach to my mouth. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. No, it's a good point. Well, it's a good point. But it's like uh, Garrett said in the group chat. Was it Garrett who said in the, in the group chat about uh, people like Murphy going to New Japan and just killing it in the juniors? Tommy. Oh, yeah. Fucking Tommy, end. Yeah. Tommy fucking end. No, that's what we were saying. Like, it's horrible that they've all lost the jobs, but you can easily see every one of these names popping up somewhere else down the line. AW, New Japan, even back on the bigger indie stuff. It's They're all going to 
fine, work easily. Thing, They're all huge. Thing is with, thing is with Tommy End, like because he's married to Zelina Vega, he can stay in America, so yeah. he doesn't have to worry. He doesn't have to worry about work visas or anything, which is good. Yeah, that's just good. So he could, so he could easily just like jump. As soon as like the ninety days is up, if he has to obey the ninety days, he can go to AW. He can go to Ring of Honor. He can take Zelina with him because she's just entertaining. Yeah, go to New Japan. Um, hopefully see him pop back up in progress. Ooh, that'd be good. Um, but yeah, I mean, check. I mean, we were saying it seems. What what do you make of the the rumor mill stating that the reason WWE is doing all these cuts, all these cost saving measures, is because they are looking to sell? Have you seen these? I haven't seen these rumors, but you've not seen these rumors. I've been busy, I've okay. been busy moving house, mate. I only I only yeah. got internet back today. <laughs> well, okay, so so the rumor mill is abound that <laughs> the rumor mills abound, and a lot of people, like people like people sources, all seem to think that the amount of cuts they made because it's obviously not just the talent; they've been cutting people backstage, yeah. merging stuff where they can. Rumor is is that they've. Many people think WWE is looking to sell, just sell up everything to something like a Disney Plus. Just let it all go. Um, what what would you kind of think about that? If some if if the shocking happened and Vince sold it all away, I think it's hard because it would like it would depend who he sold it to. Because if he's going to sell it to something, say if he sells it to Disney. Yeah, Disney have been Disney have been really good, on the whole, of getting people who care about the product to make the product. Yeah, like Kevin Feige, like there's been one or two missteps with the MCU, and that's it. So if it, if it was to something like that, I can get behind it. If it's going to be someone who's buying it for the sake of buying it or buying it for just to add a cog into their machine and just leave it just forget about it then no i'm not i'm not happy with it yeah i like we agree like i think someone like a disney plus would do well because they've had stuff like they've got espn and other sports uh things under their banner so they they would just let it do its own thing and obviously hopefully inject some new creativity and control into it so that side of it i'd be fine with um again it's going to depend but like I said, Scott, I think we're going to see some more releases possibly either today or the next few days, and it's going to be very telling where that could be going down the line. But kind of cover that now. It's horrible, but I'm sure we'll see them pop up elsewhere. Um, I'll skip over the double or nothing review. We were just going to do that to stall time until you got here, but you're here now. Uh, Scott, essentially, yeah. it was a tremendous show. Yeah. Go back and watch the- it if you can. The triple threat is phenomenal. So. How about it? it? Even if it was a bad show, I'd still watch it just for the fans in attendance. I want to see their reaction to the entrances, to what the wrestlers are like now. Mostly, I want to see them cheer Hangman Page because what a fucking guy. What uh, a fucking guy. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, if you get a chance, go check it out. And if you listen to this and haven't already, go back and watch it. It's tremendous. But. Today's episode, as we mentioned at the start, there we're doing our top five women's matches. Uh, it's been a while since we've done top five. And we did, last one we did was Mania, and I do love doing these. Um, how did you guys manage with this kind of list together? Was it quite an easy process for you, or did you struggle a bit? Like my, my first couple, I was just like, right, that's on, that's on, that's on, that's on. Like my first four were like mm-hmm. straight away. Then 
to get number five, I struggled. Because mm. I, I, I started off and I was just like, right, that can be on the, my number five. But oh, that could be my number five. That be, I still haven't decided on a number five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you, you're just going to have so, to roll into that ba- one. Basically, I'm just going to do whichever one I've put on my list that's under number four. The rest are just my honourable mentions. Right, okay, no problem. Um, well, what, what we'll do, would you kind of maybe try and run it like last time where, because usually if you do the honourable mentions first, it's a guarantee we've got some of them in that list. So yeah. as I was saying to Scott before, uh, I think when we started, um, there's a very distinct theme for my list, and I think you guys will have a lot of similar matches that would have made my honourable mentions list, so that's why I'm going to let you guys rattle through your list, then honourable mentions, and then obviously we'll do our number one if that works for everyone else. Yep. Yeah, cool. yeah. Scott, have you got your list put together? I know you got confused about how we were supposed to be doing this. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I did, yeah. Um, I've also, uh, because of it, deleted my honourable mentions. So if you give me two seconds, uh, as you guys go through your honourable mentions, I will sort out and get in no, those We'll back. do honourable mentions after number two. So we'll do five to two, honourable mentions, then we'll do number one. So Fantastic, yeah. yeah. I've, got, I've got my top five. It was genuinely tough. Uh, I did sweat over it. I I just my deciding factor was like, uh, like how good a lasting effect did this match have on women's wrestling as an industry, um, and that's how I've kind of structured mine. Um, Smashing. Yeah. Well, main question is, would you, uh, would I go first? Would you like me to kick it off? Because I've got quite a controversial one to start off with. So I don't know if we want to kick Ooh. off oh, that one. Let's. Come on, uh, Eric. Okay. <laughs> okay, so number five. So um, it's a controversial pick, but let me explain my reasoning for it. Um, so uh, putting right together that you will notice a bit of a theme, and this one is a bit of a standout, but I went with Nico Satnamora versus Pete Dunn from Fight Club Pro's Dream Tag Team Invitational 2018 Night 3, which was like April 1st, 2018. So it's obviously not strictly a women's match because obviously there's a male wrestler in there. But this is kind of why I wanted to bring this up. So obviously we've had, the last decade has been tremendous for women's wrestling. We've essentially had the revolution. So, you know, women's wrestling, it's not, there's still stuff that needs to be done, but more or less women are now getting on the equal pegging as male wrestlers. Wouldn't you agree? You know, that they're getting there. Like they've had yeah, their own yeah, pay yeah. Yeah, Lots of people want to go way, pay to see them. Yeah, there's still a way to go, but mm-hmm. there's still a way to go, but it's it's getting there. Yeah, it's getting there. Um, but for me, I think I think the next of, uh, like logical step is to carry on with that evolution part of it. And I want to see more in agenda matches. And I want to see them done where it is like an equal competition. So like the way I was trying to describe when I put this first thing together was WWE just refuses to do in agenda things now, really, unless it's something like the Mixed Match Challenge, and even then you will never see a man fight a woman. And even if they did, you'd go back to what, the ruthless aggression era where it was like nasty male man beat up innocent precious woman. You know what I mean? It, it's just like... Was it- there was an agenda match on Raw this week. Was there? Oh, hey, who was in that? <laughs> um, it was Shayna Baszler and oh, Reginald. But oh, Reginald, but that, you know what I mean? Come on. I've never seen such disdain pronounced in a word of Greg saying Reginald. Reginald? Right. That, that, Reg- I'm saying that. Can I just say it? Reginald, Reginald beat Shayna Baszler in less than five minutes. <laughs> MMA Good. trained, MMA Good trained, for him. <laughs> longest training women's uh, uh, NXT champion Shayna Baszler. 
That doesn't count. I'm not. I'm not having that. You're just annoying me. Um, so, like, back to my point. I think the next level step is to have in a gender matchup, but make it like feel like it is on the level playing field. Because I think we're at this point, and yeah. a match like this proves it. I mean, it's not. It's not obviously in a rarity. You look at Tessa Blanchard winning the Impact World Title from Sammy Callahan. That was yeah. huge news. So I think the the market is there, and this match just proves it to me. The whole match is just brilliant. It's it's not long. You can go find out. It is really good. Dunn is like full on cocky bastard heel in this match and it's great but he dials up slightly so the weird thing with fight club pro if you watch it there's no commentary you have to just kind of watch it piece together what you can without anyone telling you about it but you can tell Dunn's slightly dialing up because he thinks oh i'm fighting a woman this is going to be easy so he is a bit overly arrogant and then that moment when miko basically levels him with a fucking forearm it's brilliant like and watching the thing you don't feel like miko's in extra peril just because it's a man fighting a woman you know for a fact miko like any wrestler is going to get back up and get her offense in and she gets plenty in here like she fucking dominates done she went into this match as the fight club pro champion not the women's champion their main champion as well so it's already there that she's had these other matches it's brilliant and the fact is she she does lose which i guess is not great for kicking off this list but the way she loses is like makes her look strong as fuck. So Dunn hits her with a bitter end. She kicks out. Then he does his, you know, bitter end into a tombstone. Kicks yeah. out of that one, and he does two more, and then gets the win. So essentially, Miko oh lives up to her final boss nickname in defeat. So she doesn't look weak at all. Absolutely tremendous. So controversial one to pick off because it's not. It's it's a man and a woman. But honestly, go check it out because it's just it's just fucking fantastic and i had to get had to get miko on the list somewhere yeah there we go <laughs> uh right lads who wants to go next well don't have once yeah <laughs> I, 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 I will go my number five is the first ever women's main event of raw nice 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 because this match, I remember, I've watched it a few times back. It's it's not the best technical match, but it's still a really good match, especially with the story going into it. And this literally is the match that made history of showing women can main event. It's just it took so long for WWE to realise. No, Trish and Lita, so much chemistry between them. So much chemistry between them. Like, if they, like, they will definitely go down, like, regardless of what era of women's wrestling you watch, they will always be mentioned as two of the best. Absolutely. I, I am, I'm, in fact, I wouldn't even think this is controversial to say that they are the, the two most iconic female wrestlers of all time. Easily. I mean, like, you go to non wrestling fans. And they know who Trish Stratus and Lita are. Um, they put, they just know. Up, yeah, I'd put them up there. Them two in China. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree, especially in terms of people, a more mainstream wrestling audience. Yeah. Like, you know, they're going to know who they are if they grew up at a certain point. I, I, I what, what I love about the trajectory as well is like they basically helped women's wrestling get back on WWE for that short period of time and someone like Trish came into the company and just couldn't wrestle at all and then when she finished no. she was like one of the best women's wrestlers going um yeah. be right there and this and it, it showed that WWE did at points just have the faith in the women's division by giving them something like this main event and it just took them so much longer to eventually pull the bullet and have such a bigger focus on the division but it is a yeah. tremendous match absolutely like to me it was this match that made like paved the way for people like Mickey James 
Beth Phoenix, Natalia, to come in when it was a time of it was mainly models. Like nothing against nothing against them, but there was only a couple of wrestlers. Yeah. And this is what made it so they were able to get there. And if that didn't happen, women might not even be featured on in WWE now. No. 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 They 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 definitely were a big reason why a lot of the crop of women we have now are there because they were such a big influence. So yeah, there, uh, there there is a lot you could say is owed to just just Trish and Lita alone for making sure we had people in the division. Now, no, I agree. Uh, Scott, what have you got for number five? For number five, I uh, thought I'd make this pick because uh, it's not only a good match, not only a brutal match, but it pays homage to a division which has been basically shouldering women's wrestling for decades Mm. um i've gone for um gail kim versus awesome kong at final resolution Mm. 2008 um i mean pick two like if, if you if we're saying trish and lita wwe gail kim and awesome kong tna x division knockouts division sorry yeah. Um, yeah, this this match was seven. They kicked the sh- seven shades of hell out of each other before, uh, whilst WWE were still doing pillow fights. Like, yeah, this this was this is what people who were starved of that kind of entertainment. Uh, you say you say let's say little girls um, watching WWE looking for an idol. They, and not finding the right thing because they they've got like mud bath fights or whatever <laughs> they could they could they could go and see just these just, just a david versus goliath fight and it's 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 a, it's such a gorgeous watch and it's such a it's one of my favorite f- uh, female feuds ever um yeah no it's spectacular no i yeah, think you're right I, I, yeah. Sorry, you go ahead, uh, um, I remember when I watched TNA because at the time like, there was there was no women's championship, and it was Gail Kim who campaigned so hard to get an actual women's division, not just have it like WWE and having it. Oh, here's thirty seconds. Here's mm. two minutes. Yeah. Like, and again, like you, Scott, you're right. Like if Trish and Lita are the icons of WWE. It is Gail Kim and Awesome Kong. But, and I think because of Gail Kim and Awesome Kong, that's how they managed to get people like uh, Roxy Lavoe and Mickey James went there. Mm. Uh, Angelina, Angelina Love, Tessa Blanchard, um, Taylor Wilde, who at 19 years old went in there and just blew everyone aware of how good she was. And yeah, like their match, their series of matches, because they had a few. They had loads, were, yeah. Were, were unreal. Mm. And that was at a time when TNA was a genuine alternative to WWE before Hulk and Eric got there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think that's one of the things that maybe does get a bit lost in the shuffle because I think a lot of people, certainly now they've pulled themselves back up again, like Impact Wrestling is good yeah. again, but like obviously yeah. most people like to just remember the bad with TNA and Impact, even though there was a lot of good in there. And I agree, the women's division that they had there or the knockouts division was tremendous. Like they had some absolutely amazing talent there. And it really did feel like they gave them a focus. I mean, they were ones that to give them women, like bring some in, like, uh, the knockouts tag belt, for example. Fair enough, there was like a little bit of crap stuff in there as well it's the impact like you know it's kind of like their thing yeah. but yeah a few like this kind of proves why it was the better alternative to watching the supermodels that couldn't fight in wwe so wholeheartedly agree with that one i remember um i can't remember who said it but someone I, I remember watching a video on youtube or something and someone said the best way to describe impact is low budget with a budget yeah I could get behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really, really well put. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot remember who said it. I wish I could. Because props to them. Props to them. Absolutely. That's what it was like. I mean, look at some of the, like ne- like stepping away from the women for for a second. Like, look at some of the matches. Like the Ultimate X match is unreal. King of the Mountain oh, yeah. was a great concept. Yeah. And, and, Anyone like I love, I love the King of the King of the Mountain because it made it made it added like it was like a ladder match but in reverse because you had to hang the belt to win like if you pin someone they had to go into a penalty box you couldn't hang the belt till you'd pin someone it was yeah. just it was all it, it was just so all over the place that you were just like what the fuck is happening. It was like a fun, it was like a car crash. Like you you, you yeah you want you you, you 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 don't know what you're watching and but you can't turn away. Kind of thing, yeah, you know, and then yeah. and then in Impact you had stuff like the final deletion, which, which is amazing. I think best thing ever. I think everyone can agree that whether you love it or you hate it, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's awesome. No, I agree. Like there is a lot to Impact that they they did do well, but obviously just as equally as we're saying, it is under a lot of bad stuff. You have to. You have to not necessarily dig, but you do have to kind of look past a lot of things. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yep, we'll roll on. Uh, so yeah. number four. Uh, so for my, this is my uh, most recent pick, but um, it only took place this year. But my God, this has already become one of my favorite matches. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in the Lights Out match from AW Dynamite back in March 17th, 2021. Um we we talked about this during our blood episode, but my god, this was like a star making match for Britt Baker. Like again, it was the kind of argument we had at the time. The blood really fucking sold her. Like she was already becoming the hottest thing in wrestling as it was, and then all of a sudden, that visual just sent her to the fucking moon. And it's little wonder she is now the current champion, uh, which is why I put the background as her holding the belt. Nice. <laughs> I I also had this as one of my later picks. Um, so I, I'll I'll quickly uh, divulge it, about it now. Like, it's how I I can't remember another time where uh, a, a female wrestler bled. That's why mm. I, it's it's so high up on my list. The, the, nothing quite says I'm hard as shit. Then Britt Baker smiling with a face of crimson, uh, and that was just so perfect and a star-making performance from Thunder Rosa, who I already liked, but this uh, like she's 
very quickly rocketing to one of my favorite female wrestlers at the moment. It just, I'm all, I'm all for, and the promo she did afterwards as well. Just uh, like it, this, this match was just teeming with brilliant, like kind of like, like, but cringeworthy in but a good way. Like that must fucking hurt. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a. Spot. It's the first time I've seen a women's match that has a thumbtack spot in it. Yeah, and, like they don't hold back. It's just incredible, like what they put themselves. I wouldn't through. say this. I wouldn't say this match was cringeworthy. It's winceworthy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. a better. You're one. doing that's cringe when you watch it. You're like, oh. Yeah, you literally. Yeah, you, yeah your body tenses because you can. You you almost anticipate the shot yourself. It's but, like when you see another. It's like when you see another guy get hit in the balls. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then, like. but then for this match that this guy gets hit in the balls and then stands straight back up to get hit in the balls again. That's what it felt like watching this match. It was, yeah, spe- it was spectacular. Like there's footage as well of them going backstage in the entire locker room, giving them a huge round of applause. Like that's that's when you know you've done a really good job. Like, yeah. I, I adored this match. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it's it's the kind of match AEW needed because although they've got a really good women's division, it's the weaker part of Dynamite. They've just not given it that much attention or the stuff that they have given it has just not worked. This uh, alone, I think, helps restore a lot of favor that, okay, they can bring this, turn this back around. And I mean, basically, it's their two best women that they've got at the moment, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, and not to like... Obviously, it was more of a star-making turn for Britt, but I, you can't fault for the fact Thunder Rosa also wrestled her ass off in this match and yeah. took as many punishable licks as Britt did. Um, but yeah, it, it's already... It's it's still very fresh, maybe. That's why it's on here. But I think even in a few years' time, we'll be looking back at like how much of an important match that was for AEW. Uh, who was next? Jace? Jace. Yeah, Jace, Jace, Jace number four. So my number four is Nikki Cruz. Cross versus Asuka, last woman standing. Ooh, a great choice. A great choice. I just, rem- I just remember watching this, and even though, like, you had, like, your, your big stars on the main roster, you had Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, uh, Bailey at this point, um, you had all these amazing women, but you'd never seen them do anything apart from standard wrestling. You'd never seen them go hardcore to that to any major extent you'd seen kendo sticks and maybe the odd table but you hadn't seen anything this of this caliber and these two women just brought it and i think like asuka was made in nxt at this point nikki cross needed that little bit extra and this is the match that gave her it like this is the match that should have put nikki cross on that pedestal that she was never going to come down from. Because I love Nikki Cross now, Eve, like with her current character, but when she was with Sanity. Oh, miss it so like, much. That was like, she needs to go back into her brain, find Nikki, and let her fucking play. <laughs> yes. No, I agree. Fucking lootly. I, uh, I, that Nikki's got a secret storyline in NXT yeah. was a masterstroke. An absolute the the crowd chanting that whilst Alistair Black sat in the middle of the ring whilst Nikki Cross is there rolling around in joy. Like that is genuinely 
no cap, one of my favorite NXT uh, non-takeover moments. I I adored that because the crowd became a player in that. And Nikki, that was all Nikki's doing as well. Alistair Black had just got there. This was Nikki. Nikki is such a fantastic... Like you said, Jace, I completely agree. Still like her uh, in her current character. But yeah, she needs she needs to go back to Nikki's got a secret, yeah. Nikki, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, I agree. Like, um, it, It's one of those ones where she she should have been made a huge star following her run in NXT because it was all pretty much top-notch stuff. And I, I would argue, like, maybe compared to other NXT superstars, she's not necessarily had the worst run on the main roster. Like, at least she was featured prominently. Obviously, tag titles were bliss, uh, but it's just paled in comparison. She should have been one of those stars that's in more of a main event scene. But obviously, the issue with that is the main roster's women's division is heavily dominated by the same few names, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. She, she really deserved more going up to the main roster, and this match is like excellent proof of that. Like, I know this isn't a pictures video, but I want Killian Dane on Raw with Nikki Cross mm. somehow get the Fiend and Alexa back together. There's there's your main event. Killian Dane and Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss and the Fiend. Killian and Nikki are married, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, they are. I thought that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Did not know that. That's cute as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> one so big yeah, and one like... so little. I know. That's what I mean. Like, you have, like... Because you've already got the story there with Nikki and Bliss. You've already got that story there. And then just get Killian there. Teaming up with Nikki... The attacking Bliss, tearing about what, what's it, uh, Alexa's playground or whatever the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> the doll that Shayna Baszler's feeding with, you know, oh, God, uh, no. MMA trained, um, longest reigning NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler. Uh, <laughs> and then you oh. just need to, like, Bliss needs the Fiend back to help her out. Tell me you wouldn't want to see a cinematic match feature in those four. Oh yeah, oh make, good. Make it make it the most Beetlejuice thing on the fucking planet. I'm in. Ah, <laughs> oh, we'll definitely just, be all we'll, in. We'll, we'll just make it. We'll just make it a contest between Bray and Killian Dane. Who's got the hairier back? You. That's the edge. I'm joking, of course. Like that. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Of course, I love all four of them. But I really, I really want to see Nikki doing something better. I'm hoping because she beat Charlotte on Raw. That's going to lead to bigger and better things for her. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But no, that was a solid pick, man. Uh, Scott, what's your number four? Fingers, Nikki crossed. Um... Spe- <laughs> Speaking I of where you were going with that, <laughs> <laughs> thank God that S is there and very yeah. prominently there. Um, right. Uh, speaking of the of uh, said names um, that are that are currently um, spearheading the WWE Women's Division, uh, I'm going to go for a little slither back in all four of their pasts here. I'm going to go all the way back to NXT TakeOver Rival. 
where they had their only ever fatal four-way together. And my God, was it... Because uh, at the time, the storyline going into it is that Becky Lynch still wasn't... She wasn't even steampunk orange hair Becky yet. She was like tartan wrestling like normal wrestling gear brown haired friend of sasha banks becky lynch at this point <laughs> this was, was still, like doing river dance down to the ring she was she just got past that phase she oh, just okay. became she just became <laughs> uh champion sasha banks sasha banks's pal basically and they came into this fatal four-way match with an allegiance Bailey was, of course, uh, in full hug mode form, and Charlotte wasn't. Like, Charlotte was just like a brilliant wrestler who happened to be Ric Flair's daughter instead of a, a good wrestler that is definitely Ric Flair's daughter, and you should never forget this fact. Like she, she that she was at the start of like her great work in NXT, and the. This fatal four way had the, the story, despite the fact that she was nowhere near the prominent name, was Becky Lynch. It was all about Becky Lynch, despite the despite the power over the other three names there. And you can tell that the four of them are going to be superstars from yeah. this match. That's the thing with NXT, because like back then it was very much the feeder come the feeder thing that was just shown on the network, a bunch of like you know, homegrown and indie guys go, getting together, working on their characters before their eventual call-up. This, this, like, was like watching watching Gold Dust. Just it was it was so good. The character work with Becky, where she basically turns face throughout the match. Um, there's a couple brilliant spots where Bailey just starts jumping around everywhere, and um, uh, there's. There's even like a really good like um, power bomb onto the apron. I I think it's on Bailey, where she they, they she hits the hardest part of the ring, don't you know? Uh, and, <laughs> and the little screen on the side of the ring that shows like NXT Takeover literally goes colored screen and then static and then blank uh, and then black. Where, Windows logo and it starts updating. Uh, does that little <laughs> sideways sad face thing? Um, but yeah, no, it's ge uh, genuinely it, 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 a match that's well worth the rewatch. And it's basically like watching these four superstars like begin their trajectory to where they are now. Whether they're in, you know, like uh, whether or not it's they're in a good writing place is under dispute, especially for Charlotte um uh but like you can you can see the seeds getting planted in this match and it's it that alone makes it incredibly influential and why i put it at number four amazing uh, i've never actually seen this one i think for me like there's a lot of early nxt stuff i need to go back and check out and this being chief among them but i have heard about this match a lot and yeah it's one that's been on my list to go back and check for a while um i will definitely be doing it after this video i should point out any matches we feature in the top five will be featured on our matches you need to see page of the website so if you want to go read more about them check them out there uh so i'm definitely getting on to this uh following this uh jace yeah uh this is actually one of my honorable mentions nice um, this, oh, nice like the, the best way i can describe this match in terms of nxt women's matches is this was sasha bailey before sasha bailey was a thing 
Yeah. This was like the pinnacle. Yeah. This was like the this is like the top. Like this is the like the tippity top of what women's wrestling could be at the time, especially within WWE. And just they need to redo this match. This is a WrestleMania main event. Yeah, for sure. Especially Absolutely. especially with the, the growth of the characters, like Bailey no longer the fish, she's the role model. Uh, Becky is not, is the the man or the mom, depending on which t-shirt you bought. <laughs> um, uh, Charlotte, it's Charlotte. Like she's never not good. And Sasha, who is probably my favorite out of the bunch. Mm. I've said it before on the podcast, and it's because. I cannot watch a Sasha Banks match without thinking she's killed herself. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't get quite more real than that. Yeah, I do. I definitely see what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Like she sells so well. Mm. Like what was the one? Um, She'd done. You know, you know when she uh, puts someone in like horizontally in a corner and does the double knees onto them. Mm. She'd done that, but they'd moved. Obviously, I knew it was a work, but like the way she sold it was just so convincing. It's like when yeah. it's like when Alexa Bliss, like you know, Alexa Bliss is like double jointed in her elbow, mm. and yes. she can like yeah. pop it down. It's like when she does that. The first time I saw that, I nearly vomited. <laughs> I mean, now the worst one for me was I believe it was just it was a fantastic match. It was like her and Charlotte fighting for the title on I think Raw. Um, and she does a suicide dive out of the ring and basically looks like it should broke a freaking neck. She doesn't connect with Charlotte. She just hits the floor and then folds up at like the accordion like she can do. And I was just like, no. Sasha Banks, Banks, I think, has mastered an art that no one else on the planet probably knows how to master or should know how to master. And that's the, and she's the undisputed queen of looking almost very nearly breaking her neck, but never breaking her neck. She no. it, it always looks like she, I, I like Helena Cell versus Charlotte is a good example where I'm like, oh, she's dead. Nope, <laughs> she's still going. Oh, no, she's dead again. No, nah, I'm still cracking I on, think, I see. Sasha, I, think, I, I think Sasha Banks, when she was about 19, 19, 20, she went to the doctor and she said, right, I'm going to be a wrestler, but I want to do it for a long time. Is there any way you can wrap my bones in bubble wrap? <laughs> yeah. Just give us that little bit extra. Just, I don't care what it costs. Just bubble wrap, a bit of packing paper, you know, anything. Either that, like, there's, or there's that, no way she could like. Either that, or she's no half she stretch take. Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it reminds me, you know, when was it? Lita did the suicide dive, and she like sort of like hit the barrier and. She just folds in half. Yeah. Wow. She reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I know Lita did fuck her neck up, but like, she did get up and continue the match. And Sasha does that every night. (laughs) No, she's she's not human, I tell you. She's she's not human. She's made out of rubber, that girl. But no, solid. She's made out of plasticine and wire. (laughs) <laughs> no, but solid, solid choices there. Absolutely, she's 
Insane. Uh, so we'll move swiftly on to number threes. Uh, so my number three, uh, it's my only WWE pick from the main roster, uh, but I'm taking it taking it quite the ways back. I'm going with the Jumping Bomb Angels versus the Glamour Girls from the 1988 Royal Rumble. Um, so quick question. Did you guys know that WWE had at one point had women's tag team titles before these current belts? No idea. I knew they'd, ha- I, I knew they'd had them. Because I remember a lot of people online, like when uh, Sasha and Bailey won them, and they were saying, "Oh, the first ever WWE Women's Tag Team Champions," and a lot of people online were saying, "Well, no, they're not. <laughs> They've been tag teams no. before." But wasn't there only like three or four teams that held the titles? Yeah, it, it's it really so. Many. So the belts were there a little longer than I thought. So they were there for oh, a lot of the late 80s and a bit of the 90s. But honestly, the division must have been one of the best kept secrets ever because you'll be hard pushed to find a lot of matches. And again, it wasn't many people have the belts. But this was one of them. Um, and it stands up as a prime example that um, back, like, WWE just has these moments where it's like, you have something amazing here. Why can't you translate this to the product now? Because this, this tag team match is fantastic. For one thing, you've got two actual... F- fucking tag teams it's not just a fucking like two people thrown together and like like the match itself is like it's it's ahead of its time which is just typical for joshi wrestlers in general um the drum bombers you can probably find like way better stuff that they did in japan but this is just a prime example of what they could do in western soil i mean they essentially just completely dominate the glamour girls by just doing the kind of offense you just didn't see in 80s wwe like it's the kind of stuff you would eventually have seen in like the 90s take uh takeaway cruiserweight scene what's going there um <laughs> like they're just duck, ducking and diving and rolling around the ring and constantly just getting them in lockups that they just constantly get out of and literally it's it's only a quick 10 minute match but you'll just be blown away at, like at, like the kind of caliber this was for like 1980s wwe um like and the glamour girls barely get any offense and yet they win the match by just getting a nice little sneaky sneaky cheeky win at the end but honestly it's just mind-blowing stuff that like at one point wwe have tried doing shit like this before, and then it just kept getting pushed away and pushed away. And now they've got it again. It's like they need to, they need, they need to essentially go back with their archives and look like, look, you may not have done a lot of this original one, but there's some good shit here. Just take this and put it here in the present day, and you'll print fucking money. Yeah, uh, I I don't know a lot about uh, the jumping bomb angels, but um, a this match sounds great. B the name of the tag team is great. I mean, come on. Tremendous. I love oh, it. One of the best. Uh, uh, and yeah, no, I've, uh, I did not know about the women's tag team scene back then. I, I had no idea. Um, so well, it's this... a lot like at the time they had a women's title as well, but again, it was barely on TV because like uh, the fab, that's why the fabulous Moolah has such an epic long reign with it. She just kept a hold of it. And then briefly at the, at the, First half of the nineties, they obviously had like uh Alundra Blaze and Bull Nakamo came in, so it was kind of there, but it, it was just typical for the time. Like they had it, but didn't do a lot with it, which is the shame about it, because they had amazing talent. Like you could take the jumping bomb angels from nineteen eighty-eight, put them on NXT or AEW or WWE now, and it would s- still feel like the freshest thing you've ever seen. It's it's incredible. They were just so ahead of the time. Yeah, I've never seen this match either. Um, I might have watched it when I've been like when I've rewatched Royal Rumbles from the past, but I can't remember it. Probably because I was drunk. 
Um, but yeah, it's you remember like any wrestling because you just typically are pissed for most of it. <laughs> I remember the t- I, re- I remember the time when we went away for my birthday. I jumped on your back. You put me on a wall, and I coffee Kingston back to the house because I didn't have any shoes on. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> still not eliminated. Still not eliminated. Still, I'm, I'm still in that Royal Rumble. <laughs> not him. Not him. But. I think you're right, Greg, about like they need to like look back through their archives or like, this work because this we all know there's certain things in wrestling where it worked in the eighties, maybe even worked in the nineties, but it will not work now. Yeah. It's the same as the stuff now that would not have worked back then. Yeah. But there's certain things that are timeless. Yeah. Like having like no one loves to hate a sniveling heel. So everyone loves to hate a sniveling heel. Mm-hmm. That's timeless. Yeah. But there's certain things, like, the, the, the main thing that pops into my head is the the foreign heel whose only motivation for being a heel is I'm foreign. Therefore, well, I hate you. <laughs> the surprising thing about this, despite the jumping bomb angels being Japanese, they are not the heels in this. The glamour girls, who are the American talent, no, but, they're the heels, which is, which is quite interesting. No, no, but I mean, like, you know, when... Uh, like, look at uh, the Iron Sheik. Or yeah, yeah, Rus- yeah. Or Rusev when he first came in. Or Muhammad Hassan. The less said about him, the better. Um, actually, can, we, can I just talk about Muhammad Hassan? I liked him. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was a decent wrestler. He just got a bad rub with his character and his storyline. All right, Jason. Well, Jace, you just it. gave me whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to a quick, quick aside to that then. Yes, the character was good when they first brought it in. It's just then they, because he wasn't like this terrorist. He was like, it was actually a quite ahead of its time character of like them trying to book trends that people from that ilk yeah. were being viewed that way. But then they immediately slip back into, oh no, he might possibly be a, a terrorist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was unfortunate that the day of the 7-7 bombings in London, they'd recorded him and his masked goons to attack The Undertaker. Yeah. yeah. And it was too late yeah. to change it. Like, if, if I think if that had happened a couple of days either way, obviously I'd like it not to have happened at all, but if that oh, had yeah. happened a couple of days either way, they could have rectified it any he would have went on to at least held the WWE title. I mean, that was mm, sort of some of the plans, I think, that they said about the character. Because, because, like, every, like uh, did you ever watch the when it was Undertaker week on the network celebrating his 25 years? They had the Legends with JBL with mm. uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Stone Cold. Mm. And they said, like, from like maybe the mid nineties, if you wanted a job in WWE, keep up with the Undertaker for a segment. If he likes you, you're fucking in. And Muhammad Hassan was in with the Undertaker, from what I from what I've read. Like so, he like, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, because he was a good wrestler and a talented yeah. bloke. He like for sure. What I think's funny though about it. He wasn't even Arab American. 
No, he was no, Italian. They could have, they could have like made him grow his hair out, like get like a decent beard going, and repackaged him as something else. He would have been fine. Yeah, I think, I think like this is something we could definitely have a full potential yeah. episode. About, yeah, yeah. About, go, uh, I wouldn't go too much into it, but yeah, I agree. Like there, there should have been more to that character that they could have done with, but I think circumstance got in the way, and yeah. maybe it just wasn't the right time. Is why I'm Na- saying. Nation- nationalism in wrestling would be would be an episode. Of, uh, it was it was an episode I was thinking about. Uh, yeah. I, I would uh, I've got a lot to say about it. So, but yeah. Anyway, we, the... we were talking about the jumping bomb angels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, let me close it off. Honestly, go back and watch it. Like like was said, for a company that is so blind that it gets so blinded by its own nostalgia, having these constant legend nights, always talking about all wrestlers from the past rather than focusing on the current crop. They really could do with looking a bit further back into their past just to see how they could take some of it and put it into what the product is now, and it would do wonders for them. Only thing I would say about watching this match is trying not to be too upset by the commentary because Vince, both Vince and Jesse butcher the names of the German Bomb Angels and make light of the fact that they can't pronounce the Japanese names. <laughs> that part's a little dated. Are the, but other than that, are the, mem- the 80s. Are, are, the, are the members of the Jumping Bomb Angels still alive? Oh, let me see. I mean, they'll obviously probably not be active now. Let me take a look. No, I don't. I don't it, mean like wrestling, but because this should be a name that goes in the Hall of Fame, given that they've had a career, I, a brief career in WWE. I was going to say like you could get one of them, both of them, like in to like help sculpt an actual women's tag team division. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so here's the thing. They were active from 1981 and both retired in 1991. So it they looks like they've been, uh, Yeah, they've they've not done a lot in wrestling, but damn, they in my opinion, they they're one of those I think for a lot of people if you watched a lot of Japanese wrestling, um especially in the 80s and 90s, you'll be clued up to it. But they are one of those underkey ones where I think they they should have a lot more influence than they do because they, they, sh- they should be a Hall of Fame name for WWE and it, it would do wonders to help us the Tiger Vision. But it looks like they haven't done a lot since they retired, so that's, that's that'll, fair. That'll be a Hall of Fame pick when they've literally got no one else. Like Yeah, which is a shame, but... Yeah, like I hate them. it when they do that, when you get like someone who's done so much but they're like a, oh yeah we'll throw him in yeah yeah like a bit of a backhanded um, one in a, in a sense like yeah. I, I, rem- I remember watching um oh, who was it was it i think it was jim duggan mm. might have been jim duggan getting inducted and like he won the first ever royal rumble yeah and he was like he was given like a five minutes to talk not even i don't yeah. even think it was five minutes like he was given nothing it's not like Molly Holly this year. Yeah, I can I can like, see the thought process on that one. Yeah, like they were just like did so much. Like Molly Holly's another one of them women's wrestlers who revolutionised at the time of like where Trish Lita, China, she was another one. Yeah, well, she's kind of the one when people talk about it, they always obviously pick Trish Lita, China from that era. But then when you look back, like you think hard, it's like, well, Molly's should be up there. Like the amount she yeah. did and had to work through is amazing. And it's just one of those names people like wrestlers and backstage people say she of how influential she is 
and how she mm-hmm. should have that more attention. So at least the Hall of um, Fame thing, it gave her that spotlight. She's the only, probably the only wrestler I've ever known of that no one can say a bad word about her. No, everyone loves her. She's just everyone loves her. her. Yeah. Like no, and she. Like yeah, so it's like later Trish, China, Molly, Victoria. There's another one. Melina, like, Melina as well. Melina, like these so good, but they were given like two minute matches. Sometimes like. Like, what was it? Uh, WrestleMania one year. I think it was WrestleMania 25. The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels ran long and the women's match got cancelled. Yeah. Mm. This was the same WrestleMania where um, Triple H was watching... I think it was this one where... Yeah, uh, Triple H was watching the match backstage. He was meant to be in the main event with Randy Orton for the WWE title. Yeah. Randy walked past and he just goes, Randy... We're fucked. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was the match that had um, an amazing build, but then the match itself was just... It wasn't that good. It was just a bit boring. Yeah. But then it did have to follow that one. Yeah, it had to follow Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker at yeah. WrestleMania 25. I think arguably, be like, ah. <laughs> like, arguably the, the greatest wrestling match of all time. Yeah. And I mean... It's just something that happens with Triple H. It was like how him and Jericho had to follow Rock and Aust- uh, Rock and Hogan at Mania 18. He's just got the bad luck with that kind of thing. Anyway, enough been sidetracked. Jace, number three. Yes, my number three is... I, I always forget to write down what year and what event. But um, <laughs> WrestleMania, WrestleMania, Becky, Charlotte, Sa- Sasha. Ooh, which one was that at again? Go, go go into it. I'll I'll look it up while you go into it. Oh oh so, oh yeah no I so, know the one. Oh what a match! Stole the yeah, show. So this this was the year after all three of those had debuted. So Becky and Charlotte debuted as part of Team PCB with Paige. Sasha debuted and joined uh, Naomi and Tamina to form Team Bad, and then they were all all three teams. Well, those two teams were feuding with the Bellas. And Alicia Fox. And essentially, ah. this whole story, this whole story was building to, this whole story was there to build Becky, Charlotte, and Sasha. Charlotte dethroned Nikki Bella as the Divas champion, ending her record setting reign, which was actually brilliant because it wasn't long after AJ had left, who was the record holder, and every week she had a countdown. Every week she had a countdown, which was brilliant heel play by Nikki. Mm. And then eventually it got to the point of coming up to WrestleMania. This was the match that was made. And this made history because not only was a woman's match featured prominently on WrestleMania, mm. but they got rid of the Divas title. Yes, yes. They got rid of it. It was gone. What a moment too! What a moment! I remember and, watching and that, that and cheering my ass, cheering I've, my ass off at it. You will remember it, Scott, because this is the mania us three watched. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. You, it was the you fell, you fell asleep for the main event. I did, and <laughs> I don't blame myself for it. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. 
I woke up what after a, after a lovely nap and I was like, what did I miss? And you're like, Reigns won. <laughs> did he? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> it was um, Mania was 32. It. it was Triple H and Ma- yeah, Reigns. I thought it was. it was. Yeah. yeah. But this was probably the best match on that card. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, like, this was one of the, this was the same, I mean, put it this way, this is the same meaning that had Ambrose versus Lesnar. It had yeah. the Hell in the Cell with Shane Undertaker, which, yeah. Um Basically, the only other match I could probably see here that was, I remember being good, was Chris Jericho and AJ Styles and the Intercontinental Ladder match, which Ryder won. So it, it's a pretty sleeper mania, to be honest, other than those, these three matches. Yeah. But this match was, because a lot of the, when it was like the three teams, a lot of the matches were just triple threat tag, triple threat three te- like three person teams tag team matches, mm. or one person from each team in a triple threat match. Which was some of them were fine, but you didn't actually get to see these three women perform to the level that they could. In this one, you could. Mm. And yeah. This was this was even better because it was coming. It was, it was not long after that whole um, storyline with Charlotte and Paige, where she was talking about Reed, oh. Reed Flair. Yeah. It wasn't long after that, so that was still like a bit of taste in people's mouths. And this just sort of washed that away. And you got to sort, you got to see Ric Flair, who I believe was in his late sixties at the time. Stick his tongue down Becky Lynch's throat. Oh, is that this one? Is it this one? That match? was this one. Oh, that was yeah. This one. Oh, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> dirty, dirty old man. <laughs> yeah. Nature's going to right. It's right. Andrade suplexed him into a pool the other day. I think he's got his uh, relative comeuppance. Yeah. <laughs> no, it would have it been better if it was Seth who suplexed him into a pool. <laughs> uh, Sticking oh, your yes. tongue down my woman's throat. Oh yeah. Has <laughs> anybody ever curb stomped someone into a pool before? Probably. No, but I think Seth could probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I think this is this is an important match because, like you said, this is where the divas period officially came to a close, and now it was the women's wrestling back yeah. again. So yeah, no, it, it's it, it's an important one. Uh, a a cracking choice. Absolutely. It was it was a shining match on a, a bad mania, and it was it was the match that we. It, this is a mania where we had uh, Austin return. We had you know all kinds of things genuinely happen on this mania, uh, but people only ever remember it for the bad main event, Zack Ryder, and this match. Yeah. Uh, and the Zack Ryder match wasn't particularly good. It was just Zack Ryder won. Holy hell! The the women's match was known for being the good match of that mania, which is well, what, what, yeah, they were, they were like you said they were given time and they did very well. I will I will defend the ladder match a bit because everyone oh, I think the ladder says, match was great. I thought it was great. yeah, like yeah. everyone always says that the thing they want back at WrestleMania is the six man ladder matches. Oh oh I I agree yeah for sure because. Uh, even like because it started off with like Money in the Bank because that was at WrestleMania, then that got its own pay per view, then they started doing it for normally the IC title, which I think it should have been for the 
US because the IC is more of like meant to be like more the technical wrestlers. Mm, yeah. Which, well, whatever, whatever they want to put the title on. But I, I do miss a six man ladder match from Mania. I do really like a six man ladder match, to be fair. Maybe I am sleeping on that match a little bit because I haven't, I, I always remember that Mania being really bad. Uh, and I, and maybe that kind of connotes into the rest of the card kind of thing. But yeah, yeah but uh, maybe it's worth a rewatch. Was this I mean, also the WrestleMania with um? Oh, no, it might not be. No, it's not. I'm being not Austin, Austin Aries and Neville. No, that was show. that was no. the mania before. No. That was that was Heist of the Century Mania thirty one. Yeah, yeah, no, that was uh, the pre-show for this one. Know? Was the Usos and Dudley Boys? Uh, that it was Team Total Divas versus Team Bad, and <laughs> Kalisto versus Ryback for the United oh, States title. Oh, <laughs> WWE back then, because I remember around about this time, like. A lot of the pre-show matches were better than the main show. Like, I, I, actually, I remember the Dudleys and the Usos was a good match. Yeah, I could see yeah. that one being decent. Um, usually, if the pre-show is usually terrible, unless it's for the cruiserweight title, <laughs> then you know yeah. you're at least getting something good out of it. Yeah. I no, mean, I mean, look, all, all the matches Neville had, all the matches yeah. Buddy, Buddy Murphy had. Yeah. Uh, Cedric Alexander. Austin Aries. Brian Kendrick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agreed that this is it's it, it this is bad mini, but this is the shining match out of it. And mm-hmm. I agree it was it was a it was a pivotal point for when things were changing within the women's division. So it's a it's a cracking choice. Uh Scott, number three. Um I went for a choice um where it's an example of where you get a bad a, a, a bad story on paper, um, but by the performances in themselves, turned into an iconic feud. Mm. Uh, I'm referencing Mickey James versus Trish Stratus uh, at WrestleMania. Um, yes, because I I think as recently as a month or two ago, I was speaking to my family about wrestling because. Yeah. Uh, 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 and um, and because I used to watch it at my nan's house when I was uh, a lot younger, and mm. I used to sit there in front of the TV, and um, my nan, bless her cottons, uh, said to me, "Oh, it's that I remember when you watched that show when there were," and she just started describing this feud, yeah. and I was like. No, no, Nan, you don't understand. That was an iconic feud. <laughs> you don't get it. Mickey, Mickey James took a bat, took like Vince McMahon going, "Oh, lesbians," but and made it into like this, this wonderful like super fan turned psych, like, um, like psych with this like element of psychotic idolization and like it, it became just this wonderful heel and stratus being stratus uh and making a fantastic wrestlemania match from it um and also these two names in themselves speak for themselves in so many respects i i think this is um this was a huge match especially because as we've been saying they weren't getting a lot of time at, at like 
even even this match didn't go on for terribly long, but it was yeah. like three times the length of any uh, uh, women's or divas matches that came uh, before, especially on WrestleMania. So mm. I I have very fond memories of this match. This match this was from um, first era Scott watching WWE. This was his favorite women's match, uh, and I'm doing I'm picking this one for him. So you're, you're, you're doing it for young Scott. I'm doing this one for young Scott. Yeah. See, ah. This this match to me, it's an amazing shout. Um, this match is even better for me because this is like four months after New Year's Revolution, where they had the bra and panties gauntlet match. Uh, mm. uh, and to go like... from to go from that to the caliber of match that this was. Like, I, yeah. I don't know whether Vince, I think Vince has a stroke pretty much every day. <laughs> <laughs> just you, you just don't know. Like, so, because sometimes you'll tune into Raw. I think you, actually you might have a stroke every hour. Because sometimes you'll tune into like Raw and the first hour will be amazing. Then the next two hours will be absolute dog shit. But then sometimes you'll tune into Raw. It's not so much now, but the whole thing will be amazing. Mm. Sometimes well, none of it will be. On on that note, because um, this was WrestleMania 22, um, mm. this wasn't the only women's match on the card because, and the one following it was <laughs> t- before the main event was Tori Wilson and Candice Michelle in a Playboy pillow fight match. Oh come it, on! It, it <laughs> There's a reason I I remembered this match and completely <laughs> forgot that one. Like, although I did used to have an action figure of Tori Wilson uh, uh, that I've got up in the loft. Um, Let her out. <laughs> yeah, and that's all I ever remember of Tori Wilson's career: the fact that her action figure's upstairs, and I think it came in a multi-pack. Um, no, I mean, Tori Wilson was good, but I mean, there was, I mean, I, I know the reason they did this match is because both them two had done Playboy. So mm. obviously it was them, yeah. like, obviously just Playboy selling more on the sex appeal. Yeah, but like, like but, but it, it speaks volumes. I, I, I know for a fact a lot of people do remember this match over that one because you're right. The story was terrific. The match itself was brilliant. Like both, Trish at this point was basically reaching her apex of proving that she went from being someone who couldn't wrestle to now she could. And Mickey James was like cementing herself as that big star, and even then, like obviously the uh, the now, as Jace alluded to, the thing that's edited out of the network, even that wasn't you know you look back and that was like that fit the moment so well, even though it would have shocked a lot of people. But you, you can't blame the fact that they had to edit out because I think she, Mickey got chewed out for that when she got backstage. Oh, yeah, yeah. She got chewed yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. But like with, with this, I think this was like. Like I, I, like I, I'm like Scott. I'd completely forgot the Playboy pillow fight was this WrestleMania, but yeah. I think this might have been the point where WWE trying to have a proper a real women's division died. It was on its way. It was on its way. Like, because there'd been other good matches, like um, when Trish beat Lita for the title and then retired, mm. was amazing. When Mickey beat Lita for the title and then Lita retired was amazing. 
The aftermath was shit because Crime Time came out and called her a slag and started waving a dildo about. Yeah. As they do. Uh, but there were still amazing matches, but this was sort of the the John Lor- the, sort of the beginning of the the John Laurinaitis era. Yeah. Where it was just, oh, she's got a good body. Get her in. Yeah. I mean, to explain she's that. Got, she, she's got big fake boobies. Get her in. To, to explain that, um, for people who might not know, um, the, the reasons I, I do not like John Laurinaitis and I was roll, I was really rolling my eyes when he got put back into this position is when he was basically talent relations and talent scouting. He was solely the reason why the women's division went from having women who could wrestle to hiring just pretty people who couldn't and they just thought, well, we can just give them some basic training and throw them out there. And that's why it floundered for such a long time. That's he's the reason why it was all about the diva, if you like. And it was like, yeah. come on, dude. In completely then, unrelated like, news, I can't wait for the return of Eva Marie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't think she deserves to come back. But in her defence, she was trying. She was. Yeah. That, she that was one... training so hard with uh, Brian Kendrick. Like she's been she trying to try. Yeah, yeah. She's, right. she's, been, so, she's been giving it a good try. If she, if she, she was... like, if she gets enough, if she's had enough training, she comes back and she's not just there. Like I don't like. She was clearly there to get famous and to make money. Mm. She wasn't there because she wanted to be in the business. Mm. But if then, she's like, if she's going to yeah. come in and put the effort in and try and have decent matches, fine. Yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll welcome her back with open arms. To be fair, as here as, I am. As long as there's none of these, not like you know, when just before she got terminated last time, and her whole gimmick was she's coming out for the match, but now she can't have the match. Yeah, like yeah, just wasted everyone's time. If it's more of that, then I'm out. I'm I'm here being Billy Big Bollocks, pretending that I'd be any better, little scrawny old Scott from Southampton who... Yeah, but we're not not being paid a lot of money. Another very good point. Thank you, Jace, for vindicating me. Uh, I am right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure, like, she was on... Like I think at the minute, like the lowest contract on main roster WWE is people like Liv Morgan and um, Mandy Rose, and I think they're on about ninety k a year. She was on like more than double that. Mm. I'm sure yeah. I read somewhere, and like Mandy Rose isn't the best wrestler, but she can have a decent match. I never saw a decent Eva Marie match. I didn't even see her try. No. I mean, yeah, but I mean, saying that, like, I do you know what? I kind of enjoyed that daft little thing she had before she got let go the first time where uh, they were, she was kind of going for that repackage thing, but she would come out and she was meant to have a match, but then all of a sudden, oh shit, my bra's exploded. Can't wrestle now. And they would just keep coming up with these daft excuses for her to not have a match. I kind of did find that a little bit entertaining. But I mean, I, hopefully. She's improved a bit and will get some entertaining stuff out of it. I think she is trying. She is really trying. And at the end of the day, I think it is right to try and give her some of her dues. 
We'll, we'll, we'll certainly see. I, I, I've been one who has been very pleasantly surprised before and very happy about it. Uh, so if she, if she comes back, starts, let's say starts a feud with Alexa Bliss, uh, and uh, like has an entirely new Brian Kendrick eyes move set, then, uh, let's have it. I say. Absolutely. Like, the, the thing, like, like I say, if she's like, if she got, like, let's say she got the call a year ago saying, we want you, we're going to train you, we're going to send you somewhere to train you, not the performance centre, because we don't want people to know. We're going to send you somewhere, we're going to train you up, and she's put the work in, and she wants to be there. Then I will welcome her with open arms. But if she's just going to phone it in again, no. Yeah, no, I agree. No, but uh, solid pick there, Scott, with Trish and yeah. Mickey James on that one. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, we'll roll into the number twos then. So um, I think with this one and my remaining ones, you, you'll have noticed the, the notice I've been going for mine. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, my number two is Manami Toyota versus Akira Hokoto uh, from All Japan Pro Women's Wrestling. Destiny, September 9th, 1995. Um this is like a recent one I've caught on to because if you've noticed, I've I've been going through a bit of a 90s Japanese wrestling kick. And I've come to the conclusion it is the best period of wrestling. This is just it's just the best, whether that's all Japan or uh, AG, AJW from this. But yeah, to give you some background on this and why you should go check it out. Uh so 90s like you look at the women's like stuff now and it's brilliant but essentially 90s japan is essentially like hold my beer this um because me and scott were saying scott was it you saying that um melts has never given a five-star match to a match in america for women right yeah, Ma- yeah. it's it's never bro uh, never beat the 4.5 star uh barrier yeah which is which is a bit shocking to me but i mean this match did get five stars and it's easy to see why like even if you don't know any of the build i i urge you go watch it because this is some of the like the crazy thing is a lot of japanese wrestling from the 90s is on youtube just because copyright things is apparently just a bit of a murky thing but yeah to give you the step so toyota and um hakuto i might be completely butchering that name um had many high profile profile matches and it was creating this very storied rivalry but every match just saw them upping one another uh, constantly. And at this point, Akutu was getting ready to leave AJW. So it was clear they were going to leave the audience with something special. And this match is just ferocious from the start. Like the opening moments of this match is Toyota charging Hakuti, who just sidesteps her out of the ring. And then Hakuti follows that up with um, a Swanton to her on the outside. That's just the first like 10 seconds of the match. And then from then on, it's just it just does not let up. Like, the, there's a point where Cody's got Toyota in, like, a camel clutch, like, submission, and she just keeps stretching further back, even grabbing onto her hair, and I'm just watching going, I swear to God, she's going to snap her in two. Like, I don't know how you can bend someone that far back. It just looks like absolute fucking agony. And it's just like that throughout. Like, the shots are ridiculous. Like, the, even the closing bits, they're on the outside, and, uh, again, Cody tries to put Toyota through a table, and it, she goes to the power bomber through it, and it just does not budge. And it, it, she just slaps on it. And she does that again. It doesn't budge. And then she gets up to the top rope with that look on her face of like, nah, you're going through this fucking table. And again, hits it. And both take this horrible, ugly-looking bump, and the table just doesn't break. I'm just like, my God, how are you both not dead at this point? 
it's just honestly just mind blowing stuff. Like, like you see a lot, like a lot of the stuff just wouldn't feel out of place in both NXT women's division, for example, because that's probably one of the best ones going at the moment. It's just stunning stuff. Like the, the, a lot of people say, Japanese wrestling, especially women's wrestling from the nineties, was uh, like a trendsetter for even like the men's wrestling to come, both in Japan and America. And it's easy to see why. You could, you could, a lot of the stuff that's in this match, you see in stuff like the Cruiserweight division and places like AEW today. It's just mind-blowing stuff. All I'm saying is that they should stop making Japanese tables out of granite. Um, because right? Like, right? That, that's a reoccurring <laughs> theme, for sure. I mean, the ones yeah, in New Japan now will just... Buckle easily, but then the ones here, I was just like, "My God, what the fuck is that thing made out of?" Like, they <laughs> slam onto that fucking thing, and it's just like, "Nah, I'm not breaking." Like, nah. um, I once I leant on my desk, and it went. K-kung. I was like, <laughs> well, "Yeah, uh, that's it." Like, if I uh, <laughs> if I just put put a knee on that, I'm going through it. Like, I'm sure it was a, during one of the uh, Kenny Okada matches where there was a terrible spot, and it just it just didn't budge. Yeah, well, I think it was just I'm sure. was it um, I'm, I'm... Charlotte and Sasha in Hell in the Cell, and how Sha- oh, like yeah. Sasha yeah. Charlotte is determined to get Sasha through that table, and it just won't fucking go. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> I remember uh, Adam Petit Adam Pachiti of Cultaholic was telling the story of when WCPW was a thing. He was meant to get put through a table by Bully Ray. And they got, someone got the wrong table out. They got a real table instead of a prop one. And he'd said, like, this is a real table, but don't worry, you're fucking going through it. <laughs> and literally just fucking powerbombed him straight through this. He actually had to go to hospital. Not surprised. Because it, fuck, because it fucked his neck. Like, Yeah, I'm not surprised. So that like... table... Then, like Adam Pacitti, like if, everyone, everyone who's watching this or listening to this will know who Adam Pacitti is. I mean, probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like he's, he's probably about built the same as me. Like I'm six foot four, like skinny. He's probably about the same as me. And if Bully Ray had to use that much power to put him through it, like imagine, like if. Someone, if say if Charlotte had got that wrong table, like Charlotte, nowhere near as big, nowhere near as powerful as Bully Ray. Charlotte, uh, Sasha, nowhere near as big, nowhere near as heavy as me. Like that must have taken some going to get her through that. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, this fact in it, in and of itself it, it further just cements how tough. The two p uh, the two individuals are in Greg's match because yeah, yeah honestly, like I know, like I obviously you guys won't be that. I'm guessing not that familiar. But like no. honestly, it's on YouTube. It's 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 just incredible. I only just recently saw it in the fact it's made number two speaks volumes. Like you will not. There is there are some male matches where you don't see them. Like honestly, it's clear like this rivalry. Like this the whole match. It just feels like they're trying to kill each other. And I'm just like, no, no, stop it! Like that, like that's that's not right. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? Like, and it's just like the offense in it is nuts. Like they're doing like springboards that like you just wouldn't see a lot of people like even some men doing at the time. It's just fucking. I was just like, what is this? This is amazing. So yeah, like go go check, go check out any of their work from that era. It's just fucking like M- Minami Toyo is just one of the best wrestlers and he's an absolute legend. Like just go fucking find it. It's amazing. 
That does sound, yeah, no, that does sound like a great watch. Especially since it's on YouTube. Oh, yeah, like, this, this is a crazy thing. So, like, uh, AGW is obviously a separate thing from All Japan. But both these, it just seems like there's a murky thing where I don't know who must own the copyright oh. of these companies because it's all on YouTube for free. Oh, nice. Um, it's all on YouTube for free. Um, someone must just not own it properly. And it's, it's staggering because, like, All Japan wrestling in particular from the 90s is, like, the best period of wrestling. The matches are insane. Like you, you look at just two of the four pillars of heaven, like Kenta Kabashi and Masara. They kept constantly getting like the observers' match of the year throughout the nineties. And I think Kabashi's got twenty-five five-star matches under his belt, and Masawa's got thirty. And they're all pretty much from the nineties. Go, go, indulge! It's amazing. Um, Jace, take us through your number two. Okay, I've cheated a bit with my number two. Oh, we've got another, another controversial it, it, one. <laughs> no, it, it's technically three matches, but one match at the same time. Ooh. So it's like, a, okay, okay. So, a rid, like, it's Charlotte and Sasha. There was an episode of Raw where they had a singles match, which ended in a, a DQ. So, mm-hmm. it got restarted, but later in the night, under no DQ rules. Then it ended in a count out. So it was restarted again later in the night, but no DQ, false count anywhere. And that's the one I've chosen because this was during the the time where when Charlotte and Sasha were like hot potato in the, the title. Yeah, yeah. Where they just were not having a bad match. And this one sticks in my mind because of the eventual finish the 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 last the, the third time it got well, the second time it got restarted was the main event of the show and at the end of that uh, sasha had charlotte through like the the handrail on the stairs and put her in the bank statement so her back was like against the rail and all three of these matches were just showing these two women as the absolute geniuses they are. Even though, like, I prefer Sasha as a heel. Yeah, me too. Me too. Charlotte, I love either way. I think she's a little bit better as a heel, but I do love her as a face. I'd 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 like to see her as a tweener, as an anti-hero. I don't. I think like. Um, WWE, WWE don't do it enough though with tweeners. No, yeah, like the the um the, like the kind of almost Samoa Joe stance almost. Well, it's like it's like Austin. Yeah. Austin was yeah. the ultimate WWE tweener. He was meant mm. to be a bad guy, but everyone loved him. Hmm. It's usually a happy accident that they get away with it, like Becky Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Becky Lynch, but like these, like these three matches, or well, three matches, one match, however you want to classify it. Like, just the fact that in total over this night they probably wrestled over an hour, hmm. and they looked like they could go another hour. But yeah, they had they had little breaks in between. But still, they look like... So, yeah, they look, so, I genuinely think that if you give Charlotte and Sasha 
Raw. Give them a three stages of hell match. Ooh. They could fill Raw. I'd, they could I'd fill Raw. I'd buy that. So, like, for this one, was it like they had a match, but then it was stopped, and then there was, like, some other stuff, and then they came out and had this yeah. other part of it. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. I'm yeah. just drawing a blank because I just can't remember this one, but it does sound really good. I might have to go back and check it through. It, um, it's, like, a lot of people didn't like it when they were hot potato in the title. Yeah, I, I like, I go, I go admit, the matches were good, but even I, I got a bit... I like to think, like, I like to think of it. I don't know whether WWE intended this. I don't think they did because a lot of things happened with uh, Sasha, where I'm sure one time she was going on a honeymoon and stuff. So they took the title off her, gave her back to Charlotte. And stuff kept happening where they had to, like, they had to take the title off uh, off Sasha. I think a lot of injuries as well. Yeah, I like to think of it as this was those two women where it was just, who was the best on that night? Yeah. That's how I like to think of it. I'd, I would have preferred it if, like, and it was, it, this was like the start of a Charlotte's unbeaten pay per view streak. Because mm. Charlotte, uh, Sasha would win it on Raw. Charlotte would get it back on the pay per view. Sasha would get it back on Raw. <laughs> but it sort of worked well for. Charlotte in the long run because when she won the title from Bailey, um, then then they came in with like, oh, you've never defended a title on pay per view. So it's all like that. That's I know it's not long term booking, but that's WWE actually paying attention to the past, yeah, which they yeah. do not, which they do not do enough. No, that's it's true. Like, oh, remember, remember last week when nothing happened? <laughs> remember <laughs> last week? Because we're just making it up. Remember, remember last, last week? week? Godzilla turned up. <laughs> remember last week when it's the same thing that's just going to happen again this week? Yeah. <laughs> remember, last week when we had, remember last week when we had that uh, that tag team match? Well, this week, we're going to have one member of each tag team having a match. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to win this time? Oh, I don't know. Uh, who didn't win last time? You know oh, yeah, go for the other one. You know what? One of my one of my favorite tag teams when I was a kid was uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick. Oh yeah, they were amazing. But what pissed me off? I remember. I even remember thinking this as a kid. Um, so let's say they were feuding with um, who did they feud with? Uh, the the Pitbulls. So Jamie Noble and. Kid Cash. Mm. They'd have like a tag match, which London and Kendrick would lose. They'd have a singles match with one member of each team, which London or Kendrick would lose. They'd have another singles match with one member of each team, which London and Kendrick would lose. They'd have the title match at the pay-per-view, London and Kendrick would win. And that went on for over a year. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, it's... Over a year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I like... the title seduce and fucking domino. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just typical to me for you. Always, even at, even at points when it was good, it was still questionable. But um, no, that sounds like a great pick, man. Like I said, I'll have to go back and check through that one. It mm. sounds really good. Um, Scott, number two. See, mine number was. Two. Okay. 
mine was uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, but Greg, you've already said that. So I'm just going to slam in uh, my like main honorable mention here and just say mm-hmm. that like uh, for the rest of it, move it up one and this one goes into number five. So retro, uh, like a like a retcon almost yeah. because I rewatched this match so much and it has some really good historical significance uh, and the feel-good factor, my God. And this was the 2018 Women's Royal Rumble. Ooh. Oh, is this the one? Asuka this is the one. Won? This is the one that Asuka won. Yes, this is the that first. Was this, that was the. Yeah. This was the first ever female Royal Rumble, and it had Sasha Banks lasting nearly an hour, Nia Jax getting four eliminations, Nikki Bella doing fucking amazing, like some of the, some of her best ever work, and uh, like Hall of Fame names. I'm just gonna get up a few because I've got the Wikipedia page up. I got Lita. I've got uh, I've got Jacqueline, Beth Phoenix, Trish Stratus. Um, you also had like the returns of people like Brie Bella, Kelly Kelly, Vicky Guerrero, Michelle McCool, Molly Holly, Tori Wilson. Like, uh, and need to mention NXT. Of course, these guys went up at the time, but Kyrie Sane and Ember Moon, who were like, uh, like well, I remember when I was seeing them on the main roster for the first time, squaring off against people like. Like fucking Jacqueline and Kelly Kelly, and having Kyrie Sane there vibing away. Like, I I adored this match. And talk talk about one of the rare instances of the right person winning. Yeah, uh, it had to be. I I remember watching this match from a a packed bar in Southampton called Orange Rooms, which always put on the Royal Rumbles and the WrestleManias and the Summer Slams and stuff. Uh, and as soon as well, well, because we were just we were still brimming from the Shinsuke Nakamura win earlier in the pay per view. This match was the headliner, and this oh. match saw Asuka go over, winning as the final image of the Royal Rumble 2018. And it's it, honestly looking back, one of my favorite nights. Uh, oh, just yeah, not bad. even as a wrestling fan, just one of my favorite nights I've been I've lived in. But Very, such good fun. I remember watching this the uh, dwelling. So were you not there for the for this one? I remember watching. I it wasn't. Garden. I I was yeah. with uh, I was with Brogan and uh, all the Southampton lot back here because I think I was back here for the week or something like that. Ah, uh, okay, okay, all right. I I agree that this was amazing. The first time you get a proper, well, not not even a proper, just a women's Royal Rumble. Mm. There were two things that ruined it for me. Oh yeah, one. The finish. Nikki Bella was out of place. Asuka kicked air, and I can't and I can't unsee that. Uh, it, it's it's <laughs> like Becky Lynch's pin on Ronda Rousey, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah. And two. That was. That should have ended with Asuka in the ring. Well, uh, speaking of Rousey. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, t- tell you what, at the time in in the crowded bar, we were like, "Hey, it's Ronda Rousey." Yeah. We we didn't like, because we, we didn't. I was I was exactly the same, but now it leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, that now... should be Asuka's moment. Yeah, and looking looking back, I'm like, is she just gonna keep pointing? Uh, I mean, I get I get the I get the message, but you could have done it once and you'd have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Um... 
<laughs> that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. The, like, uh, this was one of the because this this was there's a lot of reasons this rumble pay per view was good because this was like when it started to get out of that bad trend of the being bad rumbles because like, yeah. the last two we had were really stinkers. But you're right, it, it, it felt like we were going in like a good direction because obviously we had Shinsuke win in what was a tremendous men's rumble, and this was obviously the first women's, mm-hmm. and this was still Asuka undefeated as well. Um, mm. Of course, I, I'm still very sour that she didn't beat Charlotte at Mania that year. I know a lot yeah, of people. I think she mm. still should have had it, but I can understand why that end, why they did end the street there. Because at that point, it was it was a it was a monster. It probably going on in like quite a while. I, I, I think they ended it because not because it was like too too long. It was because they made a story out of it. Like they even had Asuka, because Asuka was teamed up with The Miz on Mixed Match Challenge. And it looked like The Miz was going to get pinned. And she was there screaming from the corner, my streak, my streak. Mm. Like they, made, they made a story of it. Like, no, just let it happen. Until it gets to, like, an undertaker. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think, I think the hardest thing, especially with doing an undefeated streak, is you do paint yourself into a corner. And I think that's kind of why they maybe decided to end it at the point it did. Because when you think about it, she basically her whole NXT run wasn't beaten. Then she basically never lost that title, just gave it up so she could yeah. come to the main roster. And I think it's kind of at least... She got injured. Yeah, but then at least it's fair that she had that first ever Women's Royal Rumble win. And yeah. at least if you're going to end it, end it on the biggest stage, is all I'm saying. I think I think it was just a situation that they just did what they could with it. And I think I think if she had won, it would have just been one of those things where it's like you just kind of it's gone on. You'd have to have it going at least a bit longer for sure she had a good with the title. I think at least this way I can look in hindsight and think, okay, maybe that was at least a decent point to end it. And then you've got rid of that pressure. Now she can you can just have Asuka the wrestler and have the fact she's had that streak and now people could potentially beat her. So I don't yeah. I don't try too much. I think she's still sort of won, but that's me. I'd, <laughs> if, I'd I was, love... if I was gonna if I was gonna book this, I would have used it. Like instead of turning Shinsuke heel at Mania, I would have turned Asuka heel. Mm. Yeah. She, yeah. She ha- she would have to cheat to beat Charlotte. Mm. Like that's how I would, I'd have kept the streak, but I would have had a cheat to beat Charlotte to maintain the streak and get the title, and and bring the uh, nobody's ready for Asuka Asuka yeah. from NXT who yeah. came in wearing like those lovely kind of beigeish coloured suits. Oh, oh, live for that Asuka. Won that Asuka back so bad. Um, <laughs> feel feel bad. Just want my Asker back. <laughs> nah, that's it was it was solid rumble, man. That's definitely a good, I guess, sort of replacement pick. Given I already had the previous one, but yeah, awesome. Uh, right, lads. Um, I don't really have any honorable mentions because, like I say, with my list, I knew a lot of the ones that you guys were talking about would have made my honorable mentions, and they have. So, if you've got any extra ones, just quickly rattle them off now, and we'll go straight to number one. Right, I'll go first. Charlotte Becky Ronda. From Mania, yeah. From Mania, first women's main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. Tony Storm, Eo Shirai from Evolution. That was my other one. That was my other one. That was my other one. Is that, is that your number one? Um, yeah. no, no, that's, not, that's not my number one. That was, my, that was one of my other all-in-one oh. mentions. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. 
Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, when Storm won the title. Great match. Great match. Sasha Bailey. Sasha Bailey, Iron Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have Becky, Charlotte, Sasha and Bailey. The Fatal 4-Way. Paige and Emma. Good shout. I was considering this one, yeah. To crown the first NXT Women's Champion. Because this is the match that started the Give Divas a Chance hashtag. Mm. And I don't think these two women get enough credit for that. Especially Emma. It was, especially Emma. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's like, if you look at some of the matches, like, oh, there's, a, there's another one I didn't actually write down, but uh, the second tournament to crown... Uh, the NXT Women's Champion after Paige vacated. Charlotte and Natalia. Nice. Yeah. Was amazing. So I, but, I, um, I always say Natalia's very underrated. A lot of people oh, see yeah. her. No, I think she's fantastic. Personally. Yeah, she's amazing. She's a harsh, like, but, of course, she's going to be good in the yeah. ring. Like, come the, on. The only thing about Natalia that needs work is her mic skills. Yeah, I agree. Like, but if you if you just put her in the ring with anyone, whether it be Anaya Jack, whether it be a Becky Lynch, a Charlotte, a Nikki Cross, Michelle McCool, whoever, yeah. she's having a good match. It doesn't matter. Like who's gonna go in there and give it a hundred percent? Absolutely. Yeah. Scott, what's your honorable mentions? Yeah, um, you've gone through a lot of them. Um, my only one that I had left that you didn't have was the War Games 2021 match. Um, And a star-making performance from one Raquel Gonzalez, who is still Mm. impressing to this day, and Ayo Shirai in a bin. So, yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's that's, that's just, just, just Perfect entertainment. Loved every minute of it. I completely forgot about the uh, women's war game matches. Yeah, I did as well. That's actually a great show. Um, even the first one, which yeah, like I didn't. I I thought it was a great match, but I didn't like the fact that uh, was it Candice LeRae and Rhea Ripley managed to overcome a four-on-two. Mm. Yeah. Dakota, that's when Dakota Kai turned heel on Tegan Knox. Oh yeah, because this was the start of the match, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, no, it wasn't a wasn't Tegan Knox going about to go into the ring and Dakota Kai. Well, yeah, so it was. It was yeah. wasn't like it was like yeah. quite early on in the match, from what I remember. Still, yeah. it wasn't like right at the start, but yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was a brilliant one. No, I completely forgot about those. No, all tremendous honorable mentions. Roll straight into number one, guys. Uh, my number one pick. I had to do... I was really struggling with going from number one, so I had to kind of look back through and try and refresh myself for some matches. And this one, I re- watched again recently, I was like, damn, now I remember why this one should be my number one pick. And it is Asuka versus Ember Moon from NXT TakeOver Brooklyn Ooh. 3. Yes. Amazing. What a shout. So... Um- I didn't put this in my honourable mentions. I know, like, I was expecting it to show up. I think it's because it's yeah. one of those ones. I think 
because again we've had such a wealth of women's wrestling and again it's part of uh Asuka's undefeated streak that there's a lot you could pick from that era but then when you look back I think this was the standout so this was this I think this is the rematch that they had and at this point Asuka was already well into a title reign I think it if I remember the commentary saying it was about 540 at this point she was she was well yeah, in I'm, I'm sure at this point like Ember, Ember Moon was the last person to challenge before she vacated. So this must have been like quite close to the end. Yeah, well, NXT. well, this well, this will kind of get into it a bit because like uh, if you look at the backstory, essentially this was the rematch because beforehand they'd had a match and Ember was the person who came closest to Toplin Asuka. Mm. So there was a lot going into it of thinking, wow, so Ember, it seemed like Ember was going to be poised to be the one to beat the streak. Remember the time she, she, this was her basically shooting her to the moon. Like she was already getting a lot of traction. Everyone's like, damn, Ember's like the future of the NXT brand. And the match from beginning to end is just like like the last one I picked. It's just ferocious. Like it starts off straight with Ember just going over booting Asuka. And and what's surprising about this one is Ember has the dominance throughout this match for the most part. Like Asuka gets a few, gets in like her plenty of offense, but Ember for the most part is just like a woman possessed. It's like she's just trying to absolutely dismantle Asuka. Like, she, like there's just like uh, several lariats in this that I was just like, damn, like how did her head not fall off? <laughs> and uh, what I look, what it's amazing, it just keeps on going and going until like the, the closing sequence is amazing. And what, what I like about this is you see a different side of Asuka. So at this point, she's always been a bit more of a face. But in this one, you can tell Asuka's worried because like, she after an eclipse attempt, she kicks out of. Ember goes for another one, but Asuka pulls the referee in front of her, and Ember jumps over the referee, gets her in the crossbody, but Asuka rolls through, and you think, shit, it's going to be this, and then it's just an amazing back and forth of pinning and submissions, and then it ends with Asuka playing possum, getting her in the Asuka lock, and it's over. It's just honestly fantastic. Like, I watched it again recently, I was like, damn, I, this is just sensational, and it has to be my number one pick. It's amazing. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Asuka matches... I think we've overlooked in this. Like one that I've only just remembered about while you were talking about that one was um, the Fatal 4-Way with uh, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce and Nikki Cross. Yes, so yes. Like, that's another amazing Asuka. Like Asuka is, she's so good and she's so prominent on Raw, but she's so underrated at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I like, agree. It's so weird. Like, it would take some like Asuka's up there with like some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I think we can all agree. Like it's hard for her to have a bad match. Mm. Oh yeah, very hard. Even if even if it's not a great technical match, she will make it. Like it'll be great character work, or it'll be she'll find some way to make it great. Like she is I... that good. I'd yeah. love to see her have a whole run where she's basically Brock Lesnar of the women's division and just runs through, like I said, that nobody's ready for Asuka uh, back again, runs through everyone near on squash matches. But of course, l- l- very much like the NXT uh, streak, there are times where you're like, oh God, is 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 it going to end? Is it going to end? It might happen. Uh, for her then to just you know dominate because she's she's got the charisma to keep it up. She's got work rates, uh, moves that look like they kill her. She's one of the best strikers in wrestling. Full stop. The best. Would, would you say 
she is better than the Undertaker, and she is the best pure striker in the in the WWE. Well, she doesn't have uh, Undertaker's UFC gloves, uh, so yeah. who knows? Maybe, maybe she does, she doesn't. Some of them gloves on. She doesn't. She's, she's there. <laughs> she doesn't pull out the old school once in a while. So uh, well, how could she be? Not gonna lie, if I was in a situation uh, where I was in like I don't know, like a bar fight or just a match in general, and I had to pick between the two of them, I'd pick Asuka over the Undertaker. She's nuts. She's she's fast. She's quick, and she's just like insane in the ring. Like, well, she's, like she she can she can. I'm talking any any. I'm talking any taker. Any taker. I'd still pick Asuka over Taker just because I love Asuka. She's not only my favorite all time favorite women's wrestler, but just one of my all time favorite wrestlers in general. Like, and it was because of this run. Like, obviously, I think a lot of us. If you, if if you like, back then, I didn't know a lot about Japan and her stuff then. But when she came into NXT, it was immediate from the off that this is someone special, and she's gonna. And I think I think one of the reasons we forget about a lot of how many good matches she had in NXT is because following her, like her main roster run hasn't been the best. I'd say stuff she did last year when she got the title after Money in the Bank was really good mm-hmm. uh, up until a point. Um, and I think that's why like a lot of people forget about how brilliant her NXT run was. And then plus on top of that, like following her run, that was when the women's revolution was in full swing. So you had a lot of good stuff on both NXT and the main roster. So it's it, we've been essentially spoiled. There's a reason why a lot of our picks are from the last decade. We've been absolutely spoiled. Mm. Yeah. Like Asuka for me, was sort of like the female Finn Balor in terms of getting someone from Japan. Like, in terms of, like, their run in NXT. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, for me, Finn Balor's got, had, the best, had the best run in NXT of anyone they've, like, any, any indie star. Arguably Adam Cole. But I think for me, it's Finn Balor. I reckon if you count NXT by itself and forget about the main but roster as an just, entity, just NXT. Yeah, I would. I if that was the case, then I would argue Sami Zayn. I think there's a lot of names for that. I would. I'd agree. Um, like even Shinsuke, when you think about yeah. like how monumental that what he was in NXT, yeah. like he took off and but, but, but the, yeah. The point I'm trying to make though is like Asuka had is was just so, she was the women's division oh hands oh down. she she basically like, ruled while, the NXT women's division absolutely like, while like while Bala was there he was the main event yeah well that's the thing they they were there at the same time it was essentially yeah they were the reason why they were one of the big reasons why NXT because again the thing is with NXT you'll have points where it's amazingly hard for them because talent has to go it'll dip it slightly they were the reason why it went on a massive up again mm. like they were the must-see attractions of it and like you could argue both those faces could be a mount rushmore for nxt for example like they carry oh, they helped carry that brand for like about a good solid two years uh, you, well, uh, after this after this i'll tell you about an idea i've had okay also, uh, uh, might I also add, because of the match itself, a huge props to Ember Moon, who I still think is one of my favorite, or, or also one of my favorite uh, female wrestlers. Best finisher? I think it's certainly in my top three finishers. Definitely up there. It's yeah. amazing, but I feel so sorry for her spine. Like, it's <laughs> gonna, that's going to affect her down the line. I mean, we hear about Matt Hardy having she- his problems just from doing his leg drop, and she's yeah. doing 
a whole fucking segment to get to I, her I, landing. <laughs> I, I was going to say Jeff Hardy doing this, doing the Swanton. Like he, he said, like when he first started, he was so careful to protect people. Now he doesn't mm. give a shit. He's protected yeah. his back. Yeah. Bless him. I mean, the, the yeah, things they uh, go through and we're appreciative yeah. of. Ember Moon and Asuka. Especially like, Ember Moon, one of the most underrated in For terms sure. of main roster. For sure. Like, she should have been up there with with your Askers, with your Charlotte's, Becky's, Sasha's, Bailey's, Alexa. is like the, the, the foundation in which the women's division is built on. But Vince didn't see it. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. I agree. I, could, I, I, could make, she... I could make a joke, but then I would be up for libel. <laughs> well, how about instead of a joke, JS, why don't you just take us through your number one pick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number one pick is Becky Lynch versus Charlotte at Evolution. To me, this was the moment that made Becky Lynch the man. Because this whole story leading up to Evolution had been... Because Becky had turned turned heel at this point. But... And it was all because Charlotte got added to the match with Carmella out of nowhere for because of Charlotte. <laughs> Becky didn't like it. Becky didn't like it. She attacked Charlotte. She gets the match. And then they're feuding over the title. I think Becky was the champion going into this. But there was just... Even though like we know in reality that they're best friends. Yeah. You, yeah. Could, you could believe that they hate... You could believe they hated each other. And... There was just some spots in this match. This should have been the main event of Evolution. But Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey ruined thing ruined it because we can't have <laughs> nice things. <laughs> and but some of the spots, like Becky doing the, the double leg drop off the ladder onto the announce table. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't long after that Charlotte had to take a lot of time off because she had a, ru- a ruptured breast implant hmm. which again this was like even even the aftermath of this was great because Becky Charlotte had put something on Twitter about Becky taking some time off or something like a couple of weeks and Becky had put on Twitter like I'm taking time off for what and then just it was just a photo of Charlotte's boobs <laughs> <laughs> Becky, Becky, during that early the man phase, I was religiously just refreshing Twitter to see what beef she'd yeah, started. She, like she is so good. Like she went to a UFC event wearing a shirt that says "I own Ronnie." Yeah, and yeah. She was feuded her, with Ronda Rousey. Her stuff against like, Ronda Rousey got super personal, and it was perfect. It was so good. She was living rent free inside Ronda Rousey's head. This is Ronda Rousey was one of the. Is, was and is one of the toughest people to ever go for MMA, male, female, or otherwise. Like, yeah. so, so when, when Becky Lynch is just happily sat there in a little armchair, like, just one tweet a day to get inside this MMA fighter's head and get them spinning. And it's, I, I would say this is such a good pick because 
the man, the man as a character. We speak about Asuka as a wrestler, right? We speak about Ember Moon as a wrestler. We speak about um, all these magnificent wrestlers. But at the end of the day, characters are what make, like, can can make or break wrestling. The man is has been male or female one of the most important characters of the decade. Basically, further than that, even. Yeah, one of the most important characters ever. I think with the man as a character, unintentionally, this is the closest we've ever gotten to recapturing Austin. Yeah, 100% agree. 100% agree. Unintentionally, because we know what they try to do with Ambrose, they try to do it with Reigns, they try to do it with Rollins, they try, try to do it with so many people, and it just doesn't work. But Becky it's, made it work. It's because WWE has this habit of obviously trying to force things like that, whereas, again, like an Austin and yeah. a Lynch, it was pure organic. It was pure organic. It just happened. It developed well, naturally. And then they could obviously do what they wanted with it. Whereas the other things, it's always been a case of it, trying to force it to you. There's Roman. Have Roman. <laughs> with, with, Look at his arm I, tattoo. I think, <laughs> I, I, I think something that does, like, doesn't hurt the fact that um, Becky was one of the people, was the only person who's ever managed to do it, is when Nia Jax fucked up her nose. That, that in itself was a star-making thing. Like, because yes, ev- yes. everyone remembers that photo of Austin in the sharpshooter, blood, and everyone remembers Becky on the stage, blood. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, we, like we that, brought that up in our blood episode. That was exactly the point we made. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a star-making thing. Like... It, it it definitely just makes someone look like an absolute badass when they're just either in the best case, bust the nose, nose like brown hair, and she's just like, yeah. what of it? You know, it was just yeah. in, insane. But, yeah. like, and, but this match for me is what women's wrestling could be, should be, is. Agreed. Like, agree, it's just. Agreed. Two women at the top of their game kicking the living piss out of each other for our entertainment and just leaving everything. Like they they could not have given much more. I think they would have they would have had colour in that match. If they were allowed, but I think it's because it was the all first all women's pay-per-view. They were told they couldn't. Mm-hmm. They would have had colour. Definitely. They would have. No, I agree. I think I think it's an absolutely tremendous pick. And yeah, it, it was it's a very pivotal one on like how it just basically helped launch uh Becky to the moon. But yeah, solid pick, man. Scott, take us home. <laughs> um so this was uh, in Jace's honorable mentions. Um but he was uh, I, 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 I didn't want to interrupt um, and I didn't want to uh, fiercely disagree with it not being in the top five because <laughs> <laughs> um, to me uh, on both a personal and um, like on a personal and industry wide level on those two aspects this 
was truly the thing that opened up people's eyes about women, like women's wrestling. People who needed to hear this message. It's another NXT one. Uh, surprise, surprise! NXT's women's division wasn't still is amazing. Um, but this this was like what what kicked WWE into gear and set dominoes down to get to kind of where we are. I would say where we are now, but the main roster's taking a little bit of a, uh, uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, no, what, what gave us our stars, what gave us our, what gave us evolution and all that stuff. Um, my number one is, uh, Sasha versus Bailey iron woman match. Um, uh, because it was, it's one of my favorite feuds ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm using a lot of hyperboles here. Uh, I know, but uh, I remember this was around about the time I was getting back into wrestling again, um, and that's uh, and right after that mm-hmm. I was like, "What's this NXT thing? Who's Cesaro? Who's Sami <laughs> Zayn? Sami Zayn's got flags on his wrestling gear. That's mad." Um, uh, but then, like, I started of course, watching NXT highlights then, and of course got into the network. And this is around the time uh, when all the NXT takeovers started gaining traction. And this was like, it would, it main evented the, the, the takeover. It ran for a full iron woman matches length, the build as well, where it was showing them training them getting ready. The complete dichotomy of characters the depth of the feud. They these guys went through a trilogy, uh, and not one match was similar to any before. Um, apart from the fact that Sasha was a bastard, and Bailey was <laughs> and Bailey was everyone's favorite daughter's best friend. Like it, it, they they used Bailey's number one fan, and I hate forgetting her name. Um, the, the the one that was always front row. Izzy, um, I think. Possibly. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They, they used yeah, her. Izzy, they, Izzy. they used her as a narrative device, like a, just just Sasha making her cry. I forget if it happens in this match or their prior match, um, but Sasha making her cry was the best. The oh, just such genius heel work. Sa- this was Sasha as a heel at its finest, and. Yeah. Uh, as a match that it looked like they went they went an hour but could still go uh they 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 weren't letting up by the end they were still at full speed and it's a testament to both of them as athletes performers you name it um and at the, at the end of the day like this there's the the secret to women's wrestling that WWE discovered for a little bit then immediately forgot was something that Adam Blompier put very well. Uh, just book them as blokes, and then yeah. you got women's wrestling. <laughs> See, it's I, so I've easy. Been, I've I've been saying that for a long time. Like, and it might be because I heard Adam Blompier say it. It's like here's how you book a good women's feud. You write a feud for Roman Reigns, and you. Give it to Charlotte. You give it to Oscar. You give it to, give it to Nia Jax. Give it to whoever. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, look at the work Roman Reigns is doing now. 
Like, that is amazing. And the problem with the women's division is like is on the main on the main roster, the, the main roster. Um, it's that they still treat them like women. Mm, yeah, yeah. 100%. They treat well, them it's... like wrestlers. Which is how it should be. I mean, you're right. It's it's one of those weird things because they'll have stories for them where it is like, oh, we're treating them as wrestlers now, but then you'll still get the absolute other side of it where they, they will still treat them as like women and it's like old fashioned kind of thing as well it's like like come on man like we're, we're at the point now where it shouldn't just be male or female wrestlers it should just be wrestlers and that's how they should be booking it hence why like again like go back to my first pick with Miko Satamore and Pete Dunne that doesn't feel like you would assume it was for an intergender thing it feels like just two wrestlers going at it and that's where but- the next step should be like just have it as wrestlers not one male or female kind of thing so uh, i think the only thing with having intergender matches is even though we all know that it's predetermined and what have you there still needs to be an air of believability so if you put someone like like a Kyrie say against the big show like there needs to be an air of believability. I'd still That's, watch that. Yeah, match. I'd still I would, watch that. Match. But you but, can still book it in a way that but, it makes sense. Yeah, you can. You can still book it in point. a way that makes sense. But I mean, like, if Kyrie Sane was to go was to go into the ring with Paul White, have a standard wrestling match, and win clean, clean as a whistle, it makes no sense. Yeah, but then like, I, I, like, I, even I take when that Ray idea, Ray, and what about even when like, Austin Kong against Paul White. See, that makes more sense. Mm. Well, there you go. See, you, there you go. It there still you go. works. You just no, you no, see a range of right. No, but I mean, like, um, say when Rey Mysterio had matches against Big Show. Yeah. He either lost or he won through shenanigans, even though he was always the fittest. It would have to be the same way. Well, yeah, no, so I'm not saying it doesn't have to be like you can still have it set up that way. So, if you again, if you put Kyrie Zane versus Big Show, of course, in that scenario, Big Show was probably going to win unless Kyrie Zane had to cheat to win. I, you can do that, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, I think yeah. it can be done in the way that it, it's viewed as the being on the same but, playing field, and that includes that kind of booking where obviously certain women are definitely not going to beat the men, but just equally, there'll be certain women that can beat the men, is my point. Oh, yeah, like you put Asker in the ring with. The vast majority of the mid card, it's believable. I didn't put some main eventers. She could hang with some of the big main eventers. I, I was, I was going to say, I want Asuka Orton. Yeah, I was just thinking that actually. That I think she could easily hang with Randy, and it would still, and she could even feasibly beat him. I, I could actually yeah. see that. I'd even say Asuka. Get Asuka in there with Seth. I was just thinking that one as well. Are you reading my mind? <laughs> like she could, yeah, she yeah. could catch a buckle bomb into an Asuka lock if she does like a almost a kind of one eighty upward flip around or whatever. Right, you know WrestleMania thirty one was it thirty one where where Rollins cashed in? Yes. Yeah. 31. Yeah. So Rollins match with Orton where he goes for the curb stomp. Orton gets up. 
into the RKO. Mm-hmm. Same spot, but uh, Rollins goes for the curb stomp. Asuka pops up into the Asuka lock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, perfect. I need, I need this in my life. Again, it just Vince, comes down. To, Vince, I know you're listening. <laughs> it just comes down to it, and I think like like it, like a lot of people would obviously be very like ah. Oh. The thing is, you don't have to have every match in the agenda. All I'm saying is there just needs to be more of it, and it no. can make sense. I mean, That's all I'm going. It's to. like the only thing with that though now is like I'm I'm fully on board with intergender matches. I mean, we went with North Shore. There was yeah. an intergender match, and it was one of the best matches of the night. Um, but. The problem with it is not from a wrestling standpoint, it's networks. That is kind of the thing. I think that's why that's, that's there is that sort of stigma. Yeah. Because there is, like, looking back in the 90s, China was having matches with more men than she was women. Yeah. Which was the Intercontinental Champion for a while. Yeah. She was meant to be WWE Champion. Yeah. Oh, man. And nothing was said, but now as societies move forward and um, intergender violence has become much more, not so much frowned upon, but it's much more out in the open, the conversations happening. Mm-hmm. Like men who beat their wives are being named and shamed rightfully. Women who beat their husbands are being named and shamed rightfully. They don't want to portray that on television. True. I mean, it's going to depend. I mean, if you give it the athletic spin on it, which wrestling has, I guess you can never get that. But I do understand that it is always going to be a controversial topic because they don't want to maybe uh, show like they're being they like, they, a, yeah, like an glorify advocate. It. Glorify it is the right word. I mean, it could be a way of breaking it down. But I mean, I think you're right. I think it's a bigger conversation that even we could have for a full episode. I think it's, yeah. it's right there. But anyway. Yeah. That was a tremendous final pick, Scott. Thank you very much for that last one. Um, and I think that'll wrap us there, lads. I think there was some solid choices. But yeah, if you want to find us, obviously we're over at the Bear Hug Club podcast, Facebook and YouTube, Bear Hug Club pod, Instagram, and Bear Hug Club Twitter. Um, as previously mentioned, go check out our website, which is bearhugpod.wixsite.com forward slash bearhugclouds. That's the screen. I'll put it in the description. I am going to get that name fixed. That I'm getting to it. Um, essentially, like as I said, there we have our matches you need to see section there, and we're on stuff all the time. And all of our top five picks will go into there. So if you want to go uh, refresh yourself on what they were, read a little bit about it, I will be getting that up as soon as possible. Uh, but until then, we'll catch you all again next week. Take care, everyone. Bye.